Hello and welcome back to A Spring Club Disney. You're tuning in to our 16th episode today. If you're new, then a very magical welcome to you all. We've seen a quite um, an influx of listeners over our yeah. four or five episodes. Um, we can see people like popping back to the old ones as well, but our new episodes seem to be more popular. Um, mm. so if you are new, you are very, very welcome. Uh, and a huge thank you as well to all of you who are listening who have entered our giveaway on Instagram. Um, the giveaway was running for two weeks, so since the last episode. Um, it was great to see so many comments and tags and shares. It was so nice. Yeah. Uh, and a huge congratulations to our winner, Megan in Disney, who won this time round. So, Megan, if you're listening, your pass was on the way at the weekend when the post office opens and I can go. <laughs> <laughs> um, they only open till like five, so I'm like, oh, I worked till five. Um, so it's on its way to you um, from Saturday, I promise. Um, keep an eye out on our Instagram again uh, because there may be future giveaways because we enjoyed this one so much. Yes. <laughs> So keep an eye out on there for any kind of potential giveaways, any kind of new stuff that's coming, because we do have some new exciting stuff that's going to be released soon. Yeah. Um, some listeners have already had like the VIP, like pre, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like the pre- sneak preview. Sneak, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. Like pre, something. <laughs> a sneak yeah. preview of what's to come. Um, so keep an eye on our Instagram for that, because that's going to be coming very, very soon. That sounds very mysterious. It does, actually, as well. I hate, I hate it when people do that, but trust trust us, it's it worth really it. It's worth it. We're not just building something up that isn't going to happen. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> but today is all about music. So we're doing something a little bit different today, and it's our first episode centred around music. So we're going to be comparing the soundtrack from the animated Beauty and the Beast film with the music from the live-action equivalent, which I'm very excited about because you may or may not remember Beauty and the Beast is one of my favourite Disney films. I remember. So, Black Cat. Yeah, I mean, of course. It's like how I remember how much you love Brave and Princess and the Frog, well done, you know? Well done. This is quite a good blend, actually, because so Beauty and the Beast is one of Rosie's favourite films, and I'm a Disney music fanatic. Yeah. So it blends both of our, like, like specialties, I guess. Into yeah, one. like our favourite things that we're yeah. passionate about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll be... Um, comparing them both but then we'll also be deciding on our preferred soundtrack i don't know what my answer is yet rosie i think i know but what happens is you tend to change my mind because <laughs> you, you say points and they're really valid and so i'm like oh okay that's why it takes me so long to come up with a score at least we're not doing scores today no just i couldn't just, I couldn't just one choice no scoring today don't worry that's too complicated for music i'm sorry that is, that is- <laughs> i don't know either so it'll be interesting to see um, but we'll also be doing a special mention of all of the added songs too. So that's the new one from the live action, which I love. So mm-hmm. I'm excited about this. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Before we get stuck in, let's have our first Disney fun fact of the episode. In the late 80s, Disney started developing a non-musical version of Beauty and the Beast. However, after 10 weeks of storyboarding, they decided the story was too dark and depressing. When The Little Mermaid was such a success, they decided to bring Howard Ashman and Alan Menken on board to score what would become the 1991 animated version of Beauty and the Beast. Imagine it with no songs. Imagine I just can't is. imagine it because the songs add like so much yeah. to it, so much personality to the characters. This episode just wouldn't exist. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. But also, Howard Ashman and Alan Menken, just, they're so yeah. incredible. So to think of it without their input, it would be very, very different. And I can see how without the songs, it could become quite creepy and dark. Yeah, I think the the issues that are, like, you know, some people like to pick up on 
um, with Beauty and the Beast, maybe a bit more prevalent uh, without the songs. And I guess even people, it's obviously like Gaston is technically like the villain in this one. Yeah. Even though like the Beast is, you know, just troubled. But Gaston is the is the first <laughs> with evil intentions. Um, you think like he would be far like scarier and creepier without his like musical numbers because they seem to so like fictionalize him a little bit more. Yeah. Um, if there was no songs and he was just like a creepy pervert. Yeah. Be a bit more intense. I think it just wouldn't be very lighthearted. And I think that's one of the things that this film has. There's a lot of lighthearted songs. Yeah. So. That's very true. It would take a lot of the comedy away as well, I think. It'd be a very different tone. Yeah, definitely. Yes. It would be interesting to see what it would be like, though. Yeah. Well, the book that it's based on is probably the dark version. Oh, yeah. Because I think I remember reading an original version of this and it was like, it was really creepy. And it was really short as well. So Mm. a lot to go and you had to add a lot of extra stuff in I think so moving on to segment one and um, so this is where we're going to just explain how this episode is going to work because it is a little bit different to usual and um, so we've split the original soundtrack from 1991 into two sections and um, just so that we're not talking at you constantly <laughs> <laughs> for like one really long segment because that would be really boring mm-hmm. um, so we split them like in half and what we'll do is we're going to evaluate the actual live action um, adaptation in a different episode later on so I'll talk about characters and you know costumes and scenes and extra characters and whatever in a different one because if we did that now the episode would be like five hours long it really <laughs> and no was. one wants to hear that um so we'll, we're going to talk all about the music today we'll probably mention like characters briefly and stuff yeah and that, that does add to the songs mm-hmm. um, but don't be disappointed if we like don't focus on the adaptation as much because that will come in a later episode because we both love both versions of this film yes um, so we'll be reviewing the original song as well as its live action counterpart as well um, and then we'll also include some snippets of the songs for you to enjoy because what's a music episode without any music? Well yes, the first half of the songs we have Belle and of course the Belle reprise. Is it reprise? Reprise? I, I always say reprise it. but I don't, I don't know if that's officially correct, it's just what I say. <laughs> it sounds right. So yes, we've got Belle and the Belle reprise and then we've also got Gaston and the Gaston reprise which I'm not going to lie forget about sometimes so. i had to google it this afternoon i'm not gonna lie i didn't realize there was one and it's my favorite well one of my favorite films so it's, it's your favorite song and i was like of all of the songs imagine, imagine if that was like <laughs> end episode sorry yeah we'd have to cancel this if that was the bar um and then the next one is be our guest so they're they're the first ones we're going to talk about Every day, like the one before, little town full of little people waking up to say, Bonjour, 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 bonjour. There goes the baker with his tray, like always, the same old bread and rolls to sell. Every morning just the same Since the morning that we came To this poor provincial town Can you imagine me The wife of that boorish Brainless Madame Gaston Can't you just see it Madame Gaston His little wife I want much more than this provincial life So let's begin with Belle and Belle Reprise so this is one of my favourite songs in the movie, like the the, the first like bell, bell reprise. I always kind of put them together because like yeah, me too. In the 
Idol. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of my favourite songs in the movie. So Rosie, how do you think those two are like one song? Um, how, like, are you a fan of that song? Is it one that you look forward to? Like, how do you feel when that song starts? I love it. I think it is one of my favourite songs in the movie because I think it characterises the village really well as like a chaotic place. But it also makes Belle stand out so much because through that song, we're seeing how different she is and we're hearing through other people's opinions of her how different she is as well from everyone else. So I love it. I think it's such a great song to open the film up with Mm -hmm. because we get to kind of get an idea of where Belle lives who she like lives in the village with and it, it kind of gives us like an idea of what it's like so I love that that kind of part of it I also think it's such a nice like catchy like light-hearted song even though they're being mean to Belle yeah that's so true. Some nice things as well because they obviously well they comment on her beauty which you could argue is like you know but it's still nice if someone's call you pretty even it you. is it is and they when they're saying she's different they just mean she's different because she reads books. They just don't understand her, do they? They don't understand. No, they don't understand her, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but I love it because I think it's just such a great song full of so much. There's so much going on at yeah. all times. And you get that when you're watching on the screen as well, because you can hear all the voices coming yeah. to me about like fish prices or bacon not being like a good price or like there's not enough eggs. Like I love it. It's just so chaotic. You don't know where to look. But equally your ears are also having a hard time deciding what to focus on, yeah. which I love. I just think that creates such a great atmosphere. And I think it kicks off the film in such a great way. And it's so catchy. And I also love that in this song, it's not only Belle that sings, we get Gaston as well. Of course. The, one of the Gaston bits one of my favourite sections of this song. It's just so dramatic. Deserve the best. Well, well of course. I mean, you do, but I'm just... Right from the moment when I met her, saw her, I said she's gorgeous and I fell. Here in town there's only she who is beautiful as me. So I'm making plans to woo and marry. Same, her. I love it, I love it. Like I love how that's like our introduction to Gaston. Yeah. Well. That's why I think I love this song so much, because we kind of start the film with this song, and that's how we're introduced to all of these characters. So I think it's a really, really creative way of doing that, and I think it's done really well. But also the reprise is probably one of my favourite things ever, like in a film because I also love Sound of Music. Mm. So when Belle is like up in like hills and she's being all dramatic about like adventure and I just think it's one of the best scenes. And Paige O'Hara's voice as well. She's got such a unique voice as well, hasn't yeah. she? Yeah. It's just like, it's so sweet, but yeah. like not too cutesy. Like it, it really works. Yeah. And it just sounds so like authentic as well. I don't know how to describe it because like, I think she just sounds different to some of the other princesses. She, I think she has her voice has a level of maturity to it. It's yeah. a bit like um like Meg in her. Yes, that's so true. Yeah, that sense of like a bit more like mature, a little mm-hmm. bit more like switched on. <laughs> yeah. The oldest type of I know Belle isn't like crazy older, but obviously like no. she is because she obviously is like responsible for a lot more things in comparison to other princesses. So yeah. I think it's that level of maturity that she manages to like really tap into yeah yeah she definitely conveys that through both her singing and like her speaking voice in the film but I also think that's one of the most iconic scenes in Beauty and the Beast as well I just it's the I want adventure in the great wide somewhere for me I I love it I love it so much and actually Katie bought me a bangle with that specific (laughs) (laughs) so how can I say I don't like this that would be awkward wouldn't it I'd be like where's my bangle can I have it back (laughs) 
but yeah no I absolutely love them and I think they grip you like really well and they kind of hook you into the film um yeah I think they're amazing I agree Okay. I think because I, I feel the same because I'm like a massive musicals fan mm-hmm. it's like a classic musical opening number yeah. like an introduction to all the characters you get to see the community and it, it builds the world and mm-hmm. I think that's what quite often like surprisingly lots of Disney films don't really do that like The Little Mermaid doesn't really have that does it at the beginning no it doesn't um, we, no we don't we have Under the Sea which eventually kind of introduces us to like the ocean but that's a bit like further in yeah, that's not like an introductory thing. I mean, like, obviously, like Hercules a bit later on obviously has um, the Gospel Truth, which does that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this classic musical tool to like bring you into the world without having to explain it. Like, here's where so and so lives, etc. Um, yeah, think of Beauty and the Beast because the community are such an integral part of it. Particularly in the second film, when we learn that, um, like. The people in the village actually the family of those in the castle. Yeah, they're even more integral. But even, even more interesting. One one, they they power the story because it's like powered by like the mob later on, which we'll talk about later. Oh. But they're like integral to the whole world. Mm-hmm. So I like the fact that this first song puts an emphasis on on the community and the world, and you understand that world that she lives in. And yeah. I don't think the the reprise would be as um, effective no. if you hadn't kind of got that claustrophobic sense of. Um, the, the village in that first song yeah it's so clever a bit like, again like a musical song where everyone has their own little bits and you have like the bit in like the bookshop you have mm-hmm. the bit with Gaston you have like a you know there's loads of little sections where you get like a snip into people's lives yeah so it makes you feel like you're part of that community straight away as well you it's one of those songs that really immerses you in a location um mm-hmm. and I also love it it's really small but I love that it opens with like bonjour because oh me too I love that it adds the authenticity of it being set in France I love that it's something small but I really like no, it but it's I, like a, an English accent <laughs> I completely agree though because going to the live action one I, I'm so glad they kept it like that because they could yeah. easily have taken the bonjour the bonjours out how have you said it French level, what's wrong with me? I, um, yeah, because I love that in the in the live action. You know, when it's more like conversational, like it's a habit thing where people are open and that's what they say. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. Yeah. Because I actually directed um a, like a version of Beauty and the Beast at a uni. It was like, yeah, a, yeah. like a twenty minute, thirty minute showcase version. Um, and I remember this song was really fun to do because again, you get people like with all like the you know um like I want eggs like that's too expensive you especially in the live action version you get an insight into their like their lives when they're having like a weird affair over the egg oh yeah (laughs) there's a lot going on it tells such a story that's what I love like in this one song that lasts what is it like six seven minutes roughly it tells such a good story and it gets you like into you want to know about characters you really want to know about Belle you want to know about Gaston the foo like you're really interested in the characters and it grips you from that very first song. I so agree. I just, it's very clever. And I think that, again, what I like a nice opportunity for people who like aren't the lead. It's just yeah. a choral piece. So like when yeah. I was directing that piece, it was so nice because the, the chorus got like to really get into character um, for that song, which I really, really enjoy. Um, mm. So, yeah, I think it's a great way to open it. It's a great way to like introduce us to the world. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it makes us like sympathise with Belle from the off. Definitely. And it's just so clever, like the fact that when it's done visually as well, like at the end when she's walking on her own and they're all like just following her. Yeah. It's just so clever. Um, and I, I do, I think the second film kind of captured that really well as well. Mm-hmm. Like, 
I think they did a really good job of kind of keeping that, like you say, keeping the bits that people like from songs. Yeah. There's nothing worse than, like, when there's a part of a song that you love from an original and they remove it. If they removed the Bon Jovi, I'd have been so sad. Well, yeah, it just wouldn't have felt the same. Because that was, this was one of the songs I was the most worried about with the live action, because I was like, this is the first song. So I was like, if you change this too much, yeah. already from the off, people are going to feel a bit like, oh, this is yeah. the beauty the beast that I know and love, like, in a bad way. Yeah, and that's so, set you up as, like, a negative feeling for the rest yeah. of the film. So, yeah, I really, really, really like it. Um, which one do you prefer from the live action and the original? So, as I said, Beauty and the Beast is one of my favourite Disney films, favourite films. Um, so... I definitely prefer the original, mm. but I don't mean to say that in a way where I'm like, oh, the live action one's no good. Like, I don't mean that in a really like yeah. snobby way where I'm like, oh, they should never have done a live action of this film. <laughs> but I just mean it in a way that like, it, it just, it's so nostalgic to me and it's the version that I grew up loving and I just love Paige O'Hara's voice so much. And it's not to say, because I know people can be very, very critical of yeah. Watson's voice, over critical. Obviously, you can tell there's a bit of um, auto-tune. You can, you can hear it, yeah. but it's not to say that she doesn't have a, a great voice because her voice can sound really, really good in this film. And her voice really suits Belle as well. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely. She was perfect. Bell, I I think I know a lot of people disagree with that, but I was thrilled when, yeah, when she was cast. Um, because not only does she look the part, she, she you're right, she sounds, she's got the right voice yeah. for her. Um, so yeah, it's not a case of like I don't like the live action one. I just prefer the original. That being said, though, I think the live action soundtrack has got a way about it where it's like more kind of how do I put this, like, I'd listen to it on repeat more than yeah. the original, because it's a bit more modernised, I guess. Um, but yeah, I love them both, but the original's my favourite. I'm the same, because, and I'm actually, I tend to lean more towards live action anyway, <laughs> like, which mm-hmm. is funny, like, I, I, I love the live action films, I actually prefer most of the live action to the originals. Mm-hmm. Not The Lion King, though, not going to start on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but this one, I prefer the animated version because um it it flows smoother for me yeah that I still love the live action one but at times it can feel a little bit jilted it feels a little bit like separate the sections mm-hmm. can seem a little bit um disjointed at times mm. and I think that's because a lot more is happening on screen yeah than it happened in the animated version so you've got more instrumentals built in and mm-hmm. kind of a life like the passage of time and stuff like that within the village um but I think if you're going to sit and look at it just as a soundtrack and what's nice to listen to mm. The first one builds more, I think. Yeah. And you kind of get that. Um, it's just, it's just, it's less stagnated and it's a bit more natural, I think. Um, yeah. I think they tried I agree. to add a few different things in that maybe didn't work as well as maybe it would have done with like some little yeah. like, extra music bits. Um, I think it's also worth noting as well. There are loads of additional like, instrumental tracks that we're not going to talk about today. Oh yeah. I'm not music oh, yeah. expert. <laughs> um, like I know a bit, but not enough to talk about instrumental. I know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> when we searched this episode, Rosie was like, "Do I have to talk about tempo?" And I was like, "No, it's fine. We'll just talk about the actual <laughs> songs." Um, because I actually think the, the music and the quality of the music and the, the score and the undertones of the live action for me are better. I think because they're more detailed. There's more like they've got more time to play around with it. Um, the film is longer, so you get more yeah. like, piece and stuff. So I think from like a music perspective, I prefer the second film. I think there's a lot more detail and a lot more work yeah. going on because Alan Menken had probably more freedom then. Well, yeah. Exactly. Um, he'd been doing it for so long. But I think from a um just listening to a song perspective, the first one for me is better than this one. So I'm gonna get yeah. a post-it note and make a list of all the ones that I prefer 
from the first oh one. okay i'll do that as well then I'm gonna go back so that I remember. Because I definitely I'll look at the end and be like, that's forget. how I feel. So I always forget these things, so let's write this down. We've got quite a few different ones to go through. So Yeah. 2017 versus 1991. <laughs> 1991 has one so far from me. Interesting, interesting. Same for me. I think, yeah, just on your point about it being a bit um like stilted in times. I think it's because they also added more dialogue because Belle has that yes. random conversation with the, it, not even the book uh, shop person, it's someone else. Oh, it's a bit of a weird like, conversation. Yeah. 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 That I didn't, that was one change I didn't like. I didn't like that it wasn't them. I didn't like that. They could have left, I think they could have left that out because for me, you're right. When you're listening to it as a song and that comes on, you're like, oh, I just wanted to continue with the song. Yeah. Like, so yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, for the soundtrack perspective, I think they let the they let the action influence the song too much. In yeah. my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, so animated for the first one for me. Yes. Yeah. Same. Oh, although I didn't even mention the reprise bit. I I love the <laughs> reprise section as well. I'm the same as you. I love that whole moment of her being on her own and having mm-hmm. like the chance to like really express how she feels. Um, and, but again, I preferred the first one of that as well because yeah. again, like it, there's less of a, a gap. Mm-hmm. in it um, and again because the Gaston section is longer it's even longer until you get to that yeah, yeah. Um, so it, again it feels like less like a build up again um, yeah it's less dramatic I think because in the original it's, it is dramatic because it's like basically just after she's left the village she's now in the hills and we're yeah. like oh this is really cool but like with the live action it's like oh okay like we're finally here because we know yeah. how it normally is we're like this has taken a bit of time so, um, although I love Emma Watson's voice because I do, I'm one of those people that like a guy don't have a problem with it. I think yes, it's a bit of auto tune. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it isn't her like crazy strength, but no. I, I really enjoy her voice. I think it's she got she got the, the right like um, intonation and the right like tones and stuff for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, however, I don't think her voice has the same impact as Paige O'Hara's in that one. I no. just I don't know what it is, but it just doesn't feel like there's the same passion behind it. Yeah, especially in in the reprise in because the reprise. that is where Paige O'Hara is like it's so passionate and you're really believing Belle. Yeah. Whereas Emma, it was still believable, but it wasn't quite as convincing that she desperately wanted to leave this town, like in the same way. I agree. I yes. also think for now. Well, okay, so that's one point each for yes. the original. Okay, moving on then. This was gonna be interesting to yeah. Gaston and the Gaston reprise that we both um, forgot about. No one's slick as Gaston, no one's quick as Gaston, no one's next as incredibly thick as Gaston, for there's no man in town half as manly, perfect a pure paragon, you can ask any Tom, Dick, or Stanley, and they'll tell you whose team they prefer to be on. When I was a lad, I ate four dozen eggs every morning to help me get large. And now that I'm grown, I eat five dozen eggs, so I'm roughly the size of a boy. So, <laughs> and interestingly, so we can't actually compare the prize because there isn't one in the 2017 live action. It's really surprising, to be fair. No, maybe there shouldn't have been one in the original. No, it's really uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> so, Katie, are you a fan of these songs? I love the Gaston song. Do you know what? I sound like an absolute like maniac on it because my favourite songs in these films are probably the Gaston one, which is really creepy and weird. No, <laughs> like Gaston is horrific, but his songs are so good. Uh, so the villain good. songs are always the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're a prize. Crazy old Maurice. Hmm? Crazy old Maurice. Hmm. Ooh, I'm afraid I've been thinking. A dangerous pastime. I know, but that wacky old coot is Belle's father, and his sanity's only so-so. Now the wheels I think it was a bit like it's more like a talk one. It's one that I didn't even know existed. I would probably skip that on my yeah. list. Um, it's more just like him talking about it, and then they, and then they like briefly reprise the chorus, like him and LeFou slightly at the end. Yeah. Um, I'm not a fan of that one person. I think we could have done without it. Which mm-hmm. obviously that's they agreed in the in the twenty seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> a, bit out, a bit weird. Um, it's not necessary. But the actual Gaston song, I just think again, it's so good from like a character perspective because although it's called Gaston, the Foo sings most of the song, and I yeah. think that in itself tells you so much about their dynamic, about their duo, mm-hmm. about Gaston, about the and the fact that like he just chips in. I just think he. Again, you, you can't show that level of arrogance in a dialogue as no, much as you no. can, but not to the same extent. And it gives us so much like back history about like him in the war and stuff like that as well, which we yeah. didn't see in the live action made a bit more obvious because he comes yeah. back at the start. But um yeah, I just I think it's just such a good it's such a good one to sing along to. It's mm-hmm. a real good song. Again, it's like a choral community song and it gives us another right insight into this this town. Yeah. Because you hear how everyone is like Singing about Gaston and the fact that their expectations are probably different to ours, like morally. Yes. Because <laughs> they're all yes. singing about Gaston and thinking he's great. <laughs> so, yes. I'm going to stop it there because my, I'll talk more about why my favourite one is my favourite one in the next when we ask okay. that question. <laughs> I, I feel like we're going to have the same thing. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. So, what about you? Is that it's definitely one that I look forward to? I'm assuming mm. the same is for you. Yes. I love this song. Um, I love Gaston. I think he's my favourite villain. Um, which makes sense because yeah. it's a film. I think uh, I forget. Like I forget he's a villain because it's he it, it doesn't have like a magic wand or like, yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> he's not trying to like control the world or become a evil sorcerer or something. Yeah, which is worse. But <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I I love his arrogance. And you're right. It makes it so interesting because LeFou sings most of the song, mm. and LeFou is basically Gaston's hype man. Like that is legit. Like Gaston's in his mood. He's having a sulk. So Lufu's like, right, we need to sort this guy out. Let's hype him up in a song. And I love that because it shows how much like Lufu has to like impress Gaston yeah. and keep him interested and engaged because he's worried that if he doesn't, maybe Gaston will bin him off as a friend. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, particularly in the live action, there is more of a love interest going there on is. there, which I loved. I was really here for that. I thought that was amazing. Yeah. Um, so in that one, it's a bit more like even more desperate. Lufu's like, oh, I need to impress him. I need to make sure he's interested. Yeah. I love that. So you're right, it does kind of characterise Gaston as like more arrogant in this song. I, I just love that because the fact like, that he... He doesn't even sing his own songs. Yeah. You know? Someone else sing this song. Yeah, he has a song about himself sung by someone else. Yeah, I know. And he just pipes up about like his muscles and like... <laughs> but again, I think what what did, did he do quite cleverly is that we know he's an arrogant sexist pig. Yeah. 
But in this song, the way that... Because it's so, like... It's quite like a parody, basically. Because mm. it's boasting about all these things, but it's presented to us as, like... this is It's ridiculous that he thinks all of these things. Yeah, he's a joke. That, that's what it is. Yeah, so then it, it tells us that actually the way that he behaves is wrong, and it's not a yeah. way to, to aspire to. So, again, it's quite clever. Rather than, like, spoon-feeding you, like, Gaston is not doesn't treat women very well. Yeah. Like, it, it does it in a song form, in anything in a song form, it's preferable to me. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah, because rather than being like, yeah, so Gaston is misogynistic, like, yeah. this, this is where we're at, it's like, let's use a light-hearted, comedic parody song, yeah. and that's how we're going to go over it. So I absolutely love Gaston in both the original and the live action, but we'll get, we'll get to that yeah. shortly. The reprise, <laughs> when I listened to it earlier, I was like, it's basically just talking, and then they just briefly just go through the little chorus section again. So okay. it's just Gaston Sulkin, isn't it? It is. He's a, he's a broody sulker, that man. He is. Um, but yeah, they could have taken it out. I'm glad they took it out of the live action. We didn't need that again. It would have been weird in the live action, I think. Like, it wouldn't have worked, no. I don't think. So yes, okay. So this is this is what I think is gonna be the most interesting. <laughs> so which one do you prefer? 2017, every time. <laughs> just... I knew you were gonna say that. There's some a because Luke Evans's voice is oh. so good. The fact that he's like a professional singer as well, yeah. like yeah. his voice is insane. It is, and I just and I this is where I think having actors live on set together makes a massive difference mm-hmm. because I think there's so much more energy and so much more attitude and character yeah. in the second one. Mm-hmm. Like there's just a lot more. There's just a lot more character in the lines rather than just singing the lines like like oh and like arrogant Gaston. Yeah. It's like it is a conversation, it's it's a dialogue, it's a duo. And I think that comes from obviously they, those guys have such great charisma, like and oh, Yeah. But I think well. this this is the, the kind of song that benefits from having people live together. Um and the fact that they added in like the like the the, the different notes towards the end, like the barge bit. Oh, oh it's so good, and then like the little like like um like dancing break as well. Um, it's so good. Like it, they're examples of extras that really work really really well mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. again, it adds more to the song. It builds the song up further. Josh Gad is just so good. I love him. I I just love everything about this song. <laughs> it's just amazing, and the fact that like again, I think this one even manages it even more than the original is this kind of sense of, like, Gaston as, like, a hero. Yeah. And, like, I know, obviously, when you, when you watch it, he has to kind of, like, bump people up to sing about it. But by the end, everyone's, like, dancing with him and, like, celebrating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just, I, I love, love, love the 2017 one. I just think it's got so much more energy to it. I think, I think Gaston, in general, just has more to him in the second yeah. one. Um, he gets mm-hmm. more of a backstory. I think Luke Evans is just the perfect Gaston. He was born to be Gaston, yeah. that, honestly. His, his voice the whole way through, from singing and speaking perspective, the arrogance just like drips from his voice. It's, it's amazing. Just, it's so good. Um, so he is this. This one is one that I definitely do prefer in because I just think there's more atmosphere all around. Yeah. This song. Again, I feel like it's worth saying, so I don't repeat it over and over again. It's not to say that I think the first one is bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's just that if I was like going to a playlist and I was going to decide which one which one I was going to click, it would be the 2017 one because I just yeah. think it's longer, it's got more in it, um, it's just it's more exciting because yeah. if I did those more dramatic like the end section of that. Who can make up these endless refrains like 
it really gets you worked up as well. Yeah, it does. It does. Which the first one doesn't do quite as well. No. In my opinion. No. So how about you? I'm going to make a little mark on my sheet. That's oh, one. yeah. How about you? <laughs> I completely agree. I, I get so excited whenever I watch that film or if I'm listening to the playlist. I can't wait for this song to come on. Yeah. Particularly this version, because this is the one I definitely pick. I do love the original too. But this one, you're right, like the energy and the chemistry between Josh Gad and Luke Evans, it's just, you can see it's like legit and authentic, which you're right, makes it even better. And I think it's something that, I know we're talking about songs, but I think it still comes through through the song as well. But I think you're right, being in person, Mm -hmm. you get like a more like authentic atmosphere and something that kind of is a bit more upbeat, a bit more like chaotic. Especially in the duet as well, because in duets you tend to bounce off of the person as well. Yeah. So if you're recording your parts separately in sound booths, you don't get the same level of energy yourself. So I think that makes sense. Yeah, it's hard to bounce off the other person because they they legit look like they're, they're on a night out. Like I know. In, in the film and actually when you're listening to the song like it just sounds like they're merry you know yeah. like and I absolutely love that and it's hard for me to say that this isn't my favorite song out of all of them it's not but it, I, I really struggle like because I just love it so much mm-hmm. and I think Luke Evans was one of the best things oh my God, about this film yeah. like li- literally Hands down. He, I think actually I think he was the best like casting like, Especially well, because Gaston is such a like larger than life character. He's meant yeah. to be like so fantastical, like so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. But Luke Evans to bring him to life both visually, like from a character perspective, from yeah. from his voice, to do it all and be believable as like a real nasty person. Yeah. Is is just so so good. And I like the way that you said that the song was chaotic as well. That's so true, is that again from being in person, you get the extra sound, you get like a lot more um just like you f- again, you feel like you're in the song a bit more, you feel like yeah. you're there. And I yeah. love how they use all the extra instruments at all, like really like filthy and it yeah. sets you more in like a, a location in a time zone, which I really like as well. So Yeah, and right. the dance scene, which obviously when you listen to the soundtrack you can hear the change yeah. in the music, you can hear the paces change. So I love that. It's so lively, it's so great to listen to and obviously when you watch it it's an incredible scene, one of the best scenes in the whole yeah. So, watching that for the first time in the cinema and just being like, that was so good, rewind and play it again. Yeah, that is an example of how to adapt a song yeah. for live action in a way that fans will be happy with, I think. So, next, we have the iconic Be Our Guest. Ma chère mademoiselle, it is with deepest pride and greatest pleasure that we welcome you tonight. And now, we invite you to relax, let us pull up a chair, as the dining room proudly presents your dinner. Be our guest. Be our guest. Put our service to the test. Tie your napkin round your neck, Sherry, and we'll provide the rest. Soup du jour, hot or dove. Why, we only live to serve. Try the grey stuff, it's delicious. Don't believe me, ask the dishes. One of the most iconic Disney songs potentially ever. So Rosie, how do you think these two songs compare? Um, because obviously with them being so iconic, they're jumped quite similarly. Mm-hmm. So how do you think they, they compare? Well, again, this is one of my favourite songs from the original. Um, I, I think it's hard for it not to be because it's so iconic. Mm-hmm. Like that scene is iconic because you get to see all of the 
all of the characters and yeah. I love the fact that Lumiere basically has his own song like yeah <laughs> in terms of like comparing them they are very similar mm-hmm. but the live action one definitely has a bit more what's the word pizzazz mm. to it you get like more of like show vibe I think with that one yeah whereas the original is, is a bit more chill it's amazing but I think the new one it's a bit more dramatic mm-hmm. but obviously like the main difference is you've got Ewan McGregor yeah being the live action one now we can be honest his French accent wasn't amazing but I married to a French woman and he couldn't <laughs> I know I love that that was so funny but I I think he had a really good like take on it he made it his own because yeah. I like the fact that they didn't try and make a carbon copy of it that's true they did change things they also changed some of the lyrics because I'm pretty sure one of the lyrics they changed was when when Lumia says for 10 years we've been rusting in the first one yeah. and in this one he says too many years we've been yeah. rusting I love that they, they make little subtle changes because they're like that didn't work the first time right? yeah they're like the aging the gap didn't really work no. so I, I like that they kind of fixed that from the original yeah um, but I love them both and it's really hard to compare them to be honest because obviously you've got lots of different voices in this song as well so not just Lumia you've got Mrs Potts mm-hmm. as well she has quite a big role in it Cogsworth has a little role in it which is probably for the best um but I think Emma Thompson is really really good as Mrs Potts mm-hmm. in this song as well she's got a really nice voice and I think she's gone down the Cockney route with Mrs Potts yeah. which again means she's not trying to copy Angela Lansbury no I agree I think people wouldn't have liked so I like it because there are differences to the original, yeah. um, but in a way that you still like it. Um, I just think, <laughs> I love you, McGregor, I do. But I, I, I kind of wish there was a bit more of a French accent, just because Lumiere and the original, he is yeah. very much French. Um, so, yes. What about you? What do you think? Do you know what? We potentially differ on this one. Oh, interesting. Potentially. So um, I, I love them both. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I think that I, de- like, I, the French accent thing for me, I struggle a little bit in that song because Lumiere is so present. Yeah. And because the song is so iconic, the fact that it is basically like, like quite, it's quite like a carbon copy. Mm. So you can't help but compare. So things like Gaston that have got like different, like um, instruments in, different notes, etc. This, they're different visually. Mm. I think from an audio perspective, they're quite similar. And for me, I just feel like the character of Lumiere is so much stronger in the first one. I love you, McGregor. Yeah, I, I agree really with that. Job, mm-hmm. But I, I don't think he quite hit the same level as the Lumiere in the, in the first one. Yeah. Um, I still enjoyed it, don't get me wrong, and it was a different take on it. But I think, like you say, Lumiere is like this epitome of like France. And, mm-hmm. and I just think that in the first one, we, we really get that. Um, I, I just don't, I don't know what it is, but the second one just doesn't grasp me as much. It's a little bit longer as well. It hits differently. I needed. Yeah. Um, and I, I, again, I don't know what it is about the, the, the live action one. Whenever it seems to be like a larger number, apart from Gaston, because that just mm. works, they just feel a little bit disjointed. Like when someone else comes in, like when Mrs. Potts comes in, it just feels like a, like a completely separate part, hmm. which yeah. you get an essence of that in the first one, but not to the not same as much. You, like you still feel like Mrs. Potts is like part of the crow, part of the team. Whereas yeah. in this one, it feels like oh, it's Mrs. Potts's part now. I don't, I can't put my finger on why it no, is. No, I, I, I know what you mean because it's similar to the bell thing, mm. where we felt 
disjointed moments because it was kind of like they spread it out more with instrumental yeah and the live action whereas in the original it went straight on yeah this part of the section but um i agree i like the fact that they kind of like changed the words in that to make it make yeah. sense like, i love that disney have kind of done that with quite a few of their live actions they've kind of changed things because they're like that mm. doesn't make sense <laughs> yeah we need to fix that so yeah i i get like i, I think that they're both great and i'm it's the kind of song that when I actually listen to it, I really like it, but I'm guilty of skipping it on a playlist because I'm like, mm. oh, I listen to it all the time. But yeah. actually, I don't. And I always think, oh, like, it's Be Our Guest, like, I know Be Our Guest. Mm. But actually, when I have it on, I really, really enjoy it. Yeah, I know exactly what yeah. you mean. It's one of those ones where you're like, oh, I know this song so well, I don't need to listen to it right now. But actually, if you take the time, you actually quite enjoy it. Yeah. And yeah. I, it's one of those songs as well, I sometimes will, like, sing, like, it's like an earworm as well. I tend to get it quite a bit, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's interesting because yours are quite balanced. Which one do you mm. think you prefer out of the two? So I still prefer the original. Mm, um, again, I don't know. It's hard to describe why. I think because it, it's so iconic. And like you said, that Lumiere, he, he's the animated Lumiere is incredible. And as like I said, as, lo- as much as I love you and McGregor, he, he just didn't hit like the French no like no. enough <laughs> like he, he needed a better French accent um so it wasn't as authentic and I have to admit at times like it did feel like a bit of a parody as much as I've just like said that I love it which I do <laughs> it did feel a bit of a parody sometimes of the original but I have to admit it was always going to be difficult for them to do this song because yeah. it is such an iconic song and I think people's expectations were probably like through the roof with this one as well yeah. and it is one that they could have got so wrong um, and completely ruined the film so I don't know whether because it's interesting you say it's like a carbon copy because I see it as not quite a carbon copy I see bits that are similar but they've, they've changed enough small things for me for it to mm. be like okay um so I think maybe they played it safe with this song that's exactly what they did and do you know what I'm gonna say this is my exact problem mm. this is where the Lion King fell down mm. when you mm-hmm. take when you take originals and live actions and you make the live action an exact copy, why would anyone want to listen to the yeah, live action? Is it's, the way it's I not it. what people it's are there got for. nothing new. It's got no extra added value. I'm just going to listen to the original. And I think, unfortunately, in Beat of the Beast, there's only one or two songs that did that. Because like mm-hmm. you said, they played it safe because they were scared that they were going like, to yeah. get it wrong or like, people were going to rebel and be like, oh, that was terrible. Mm-hmm. The Lion King, they were clearly so protective of that movie they just did that the whole way through. So I think that that's a prime example of, thank God we didn't get this the whole way through. Well, exactly, exactly. At least there were changes, even in the songs where we do feel like they were repeats, mm. at least there's something I also different. think for me as well, visually, it didn't, it was too unrealistic. Like the scene mm. driving up its head. So I think like when I listened to it, that's why- You were I, reminded of that. And yeah. I prefer like the original where they had like the, I remember watching this for the first time being like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> and they had like Cogsworth come out with like the um oh what does he come out as? He comes out with like some kind of like cultural like phenomenon. Oh yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I, I know what you what mean. What's happening? Yeah. I feel like when I listen to it, I associate it with that and it's just a bit out there, whereas I feel like the original one, I associate that with like the bright colours and like yeah. still chaos, but like more like realistic fun. But it's like simplistic and it's what you'd actually associate to be on in like a kitchen yeah, or on like exactly. a dining table. Whereas in the live action it was so wacky. When they like, had like, like the plates spiral up and then the things were just so was much was going quite on. Quite stressful. Um so yeah definitely nineteen ninety one for me for this one. Yeah. 
yes. It's not, again, it's not my, like, I wouldn't watch it if it was in the film. No. It's just more that, again, if I was going to pick one on the playlist, it would be the original. Yeah. I agree. Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. And that brings us to Disney fun fact number two. So I have a little split in between. So if you're still you're still listening, well done. <laughs> um, so Disney fun fact number two. The song Human Again was cut from the original movie, in part because it added 11 minutes to the film, and partially because it created a problem with the passage of time. Let me have a quote uh, from the co-director, Kirk Wise. And they say... We kept asking, well, what, is Maurice wandering around in the woods all this time? Is Gaston just sitting around in the tavern drinking beer after beer, growing a long white beard? We couldn't quite figure out what to do with the other characters during this time that Belle's at the castle and keep the mojo of the story running. However, in recent years, the whole sequel, sequel, the whole sequence <laughs> has been included on DVD and Blu-ray extras. I love this because I didn't realise until, I think you told me, Rosie. Oh, yeah. Because we were watching this, we were watching Beauty and the Beast, I think, for like either like just us friends or like at our Disney Society stuff. Yeah. I didn't realise that this human again wasn't in the original. It was added in in 2001. Hmm. I didn't realise that it wasn't part of the original one because I love the song Human Again. Me so too. when I like mentioned it, I think you were like, like, what is this song? And I was like, because I think you were like, I've heard it, but most people just didn't associate it with Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Um, which is just bizarre because I love this song. And actually, when you try and find a version of it online, it's really hard. Oh, yeah, because like for quizzes and stuff, we always have to use a different version. It's the musical version that you have to yeah. use, slightly different. Um, mm-hmm. But it, I love that. Yeah, I, I love that fact that they eventually were like, 11 minutes will ruin the whole timing of the- I know I love that that's what it was they were like well we just don't know what else is going on in the film like how do we explain what's happening like I love how concerned they were about that <laughs> as if like, all the children are going to be like well where's Maurice yeah they be like where's Gaston like <laughs> they'll be so captivated by the scene they won't care I love no, him again. I didn't care no no <laughs> clearly not I love him again I think it's amazing so I'm glad they re-added it well no not re-added added it so that brings us on to section two. So for the second half of the songs, we have Something There, Human Again, The Mob Song, and of course, Easy the Beats. There's something sweet and almost kind, but he was mean and he was coarse and unrefined, and now he's dear. And so unsure, I wonder why I didn't see it there before. She glanced this way, I thought I saw. When we touched, she didn't shudder at my paw. No, it can't be. I'll just ignore. But then she's never looked at me that way before. So, something there. So this is potentially the shortest song that we have. Um, this one could be easy to forget about because because it is so short. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on this, Katie? Yeah, because I think it's only like one minute 30 or one minute 40, something like that. I think, yeah. it's, just, I think it's like just longer than the Gaston reprise. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think... Um, I really like this song. I mean, it's one I actually wish was a little bit longer um, mm, because I think you, you see really nice sides of... Because I, I actually forget that Belle and the Beast are in this song. <laughs> I always forget. I just I just remember the little bit at the end with, like, Cogsworth, Mrs. Potts. Oh, yeah. That's the only bit I remember. So when it starts and Belle starts singing, I'm like, oh, yeah, she's in this song. 
And I really like this song because it's like the turning point, I think, of the film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's that moment like where, you know, she starts to see things differently. You start to hear more like about how he's seeing things differently. And I think we start to see that relationship develop really nicely and just like literally like a minute. Um, yeah. Which I think is really nice. I wish it was a bit longer. Um, yeah. But yeah. I like, I'm not really sure, it's not one that you can kind of talk loads about because it is so short. Mm. Um, I think it's beautiful, beautifully written. I think like it matches really well on the screen with what's happening. Um, and again, it's something, this is why I love songs. You wouldn't get this in dialogue. You wouldn't be able to, it'd yeah. be weird if you did it in dialogue. If they just sat thinking, <laughs> hmm, there's something there about him. I just, you know, I never really thought about it. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't work. really work. It's a bit weird. <laughs> So I love that this is kind of in the middle. It feels like it breaks the film up. It feels like it like um, bookends their relationship yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, I really like that. And I love I, the, one of the things I love about this song is the, is the three servants and how they're kind oh. of following on a little gossip. Yeah, and that's I really nice that. part of that. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm a fan of it, and I love the fact that like in the in the, in the cinema, I wasn't young. I wasn't old enough to watch it in the cinema. Um, <laughs> In the film, um, when it's like with like the snow and you kind of see like the start of that mm-hmm. bit as well, it's just a really nice change in part of the film, and I feel like this is the part of the film where we get like a ramp up. Um, yeah. So yeah, I am I am a fan, and I'm glad they kept it in the second one as Same. well. Same. Yeah. Okay. How about you? I love this song. Um, it's actually one of my favorites, but I feel like I've said that for all of them, so we're gonna have a problem. <laughs> I love this song. Um, I love it because it's a duet but they're not actually singing it at the time that we see them on the screen. It's like, it's their thoughts. We're hearing their thoughts of what they're thinking while they're having their snowball fight and doing all that kind of stuff, which is so cute. Um, And I love the fact that we actually get a duet because other than this song, we don't really hear Belle and Beast sing. You don't really hear the Beast sing. No, well, particularly in the original. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So it's... The only time. I think it's yeah that's that's I think it is the only time so I like it for that reason because it's nice for him to have a voice um in in you know songs because as you said it represents something you might not be able to convey as well in dialogue or as convincingly in dialogue he's so closed up as a character yeah he's not emotional no. at all that's that's one of his things and I think that actually what you just said is one of the main reasons I love it so much is because we actually get to see the sensitive side to Beast mm-hmm. and I think that kind of if you didn't like him already yeah. at that point it turns you and you think oh okay he's actually really sweet he's trying like so I think yeah it's definitely a point you're right where the plot changes we move forward and we see that there is definitely a love interest between Belle and the Beast you can actually see there's something there which is the whole point it's called something there (laughs) (laughs) excellent choice of song name well done (laughs) um yeah I love it and I love the live action version as well um I think they did it really well so yeah you're right though there's not you can't really say too much about it because it is so short and I think I would have loved a bit longer because they could have said a few more things about each other I one of my favorite parts is when you hear Chip because Chip's like, what's there? Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. And Mrs. Parts is like, I'll tell you when you're older, Chip. And it's, I love that. It's I so love he's like, okay, I'm older. Yeah, in the live action. <laughs> and Mrs. Parts is like, oh, you are a woman. Such one. a child thing. I like. love it. I love that. I think, yeah, it is a great song, but I wish it was longer, especially as in the original. You're right, it's the only time that Beast actually sings. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. Um, so which one do you prefer? This is interesting. 
This one's quite easy for me, actually. I prefer the original. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm shocking myself at how many I actually prefer. I know, I actually wasn't expecting this route for you. No, I wasn't either. I kind of sat and listened to them on the couch before, and it was just that, I think, if you ask me visually, mm-hmm. I think often I'd probably prefer the live action, because I, I think one, because of the live action, obviously, so many years on, we get a lot of extra details in costume and in, like, the, the set and stuff. So I think mm-hmm. from a visual point of view, I'd have very different opinions. Yeah. If you just sit and listen to them, it's very different. Um, yeah. If there's something there, I feel like the original one, again, has more character. There's more yeah. intonation, there's more expression. And when it's such a short song, and like you say, it's one of the only moments that we get like a rare like expression of emotion from yeah. both of them, really, like about a personal emotion. I feel like Paige O'Hara's version, it sounds more natural and less mm-hmm. like a song. So she'll have, she'll have like a little laugh in there and then or she'll yeah. have, you can tell she's kind of like torn. Whereas I feel, I feel like Emma Watson was probably quite worried about the singing because she hadn't sung before. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like when she sings quite often, she loses her character just a little bit, just, just yeah. a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Where Paige O'Hara has the advantage there, I think, because she yeah. doesn't, her, her song, her singing only makes her character stronger. Mm-hmm. It's like the bit with like, you know, when they say like, um, and a bit alarming. Oh yeah. Like Bell, like Bell, they're both Bell. Emma <laughs> tries, but but like like but pages just sound so much more natural and there's so many yeah. little bits where the intonation is just better. And again, I think it flows better. I think I think the singing in the second one isn't as good overall. No, no, overall it doesn't match up, I don't think. Apart from Luke Evans, of course. Yes. Um but yes. But I again, because actually, like you know, it's a bit hot later. I love Evermore, so like mm. I love Dan Stevens's voice. But in this, he sounds quite stilted again. Yeah, like it's it, it's just so like restrictive the way they yeah. kind of sing like a line and then a line. That, that there's less like acting in it, which is weird. Yeah, because they're yeah. the live action one. So I definitely prefer the first one because I just feel like there's more in it. Um, although like, you might you might know better than me. I couldn't hear it before. In the actual soundtrack, do you hear Chip in the first one or not? Because I couldn't hear him. Oh, that's a good point. Because he definitely speaks in the first one after yeah. the song. I don't know if he's actually included in the soundtrack because in the second oh, one... He is, yeah. There may be something there that wasn't there before. What is it? What's there? I'll tell you when you're older. Okay. I'm older. Chip. Oh, you are a one. <laughs> I think it might end with Cogsworth. You know how he's like, oh, like, here's a thought. <laughs> there might be something there. Like, as if it's like a new idea. Um, so I, I don't actually know. I, I should know. I, that was one point that I think the 2017 one had on that. Had, had the edge. I, yeah, I don't think he is in the original one. Because no. I think it, then it cuts... And then it goes to Chip asking Mrs. Potts. Yeah. But correct us if we're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Sorry if we're wrong. But I didn't listen before to try and check. Um, yeah. The, the end of the the end of the 1991 one is, is a longer instrumental at the end. Yeah, yeah. I'll try and catch where it actually finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one that 2017 has on it. But I, I just yeah. think overall, I just prefer the first one. I just think like the the character. I think Paige O'Hara is really hard to beat as Belle. Definitely. Emma has such a hard job. Yeah. Um, she did so so well, but I just mm-hmm. think when it's moments of like Belle's like character, I I struggle to kind of go anywhere except yeah. <laughs> for the original, which surprises me because like I say, if I had to pick between the original and the live action to watch, I 
I pit the live action. Mm. <laughs> um, but like you said, if, if you've got them up against each other from like a, um, a, like a Spotify playlist, for example, I think I'd probably pick. And then there's, there's, there's less auto-tune in the first one and you can hear Well, it. exactly. Especially because Dan Stevens' voice has been edited to sound. Edited to sound like the beast, yeah. Which... It works. It's fine, but when you're listening, when you're only listening to something, you that's so much more obvious. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. First one. So, um, that's me. How about you? <laughs> I feel like you had a lot of thoughts on this, actually. I did. Um... I, like, I feel like I have more <laughs> thoughts on like why I like the film. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So I prefer the original as well, and it kind of comes back to what you said. I think, unfortunately, Emma's voice just doesn't hold up in the same way that Paige's does. Um, she does waver quite a lot and it's on like important sections like the alarming section when she's singing that it, it, I mean to be fair it's fine for her to sound alarmed because that's the whole point but she does sound very like fragile like her voice sounds fragile whereas if you hear yeah. Paige it's really spot on it's convincing like so I just don't think unfortunately Emma's voice didn't hold up and I think it's just because the bar was so high yeah. um and for that reason I I would rather listen to Paige's voice than Emma's and that is simply pretty much the main reason I would pick the original and I agree with you it's not that I'm like Emma shouldn't have gotten the role blah, blah, blah. no no because I she can sing yeah she's not as strong I don't think and I think they probably edited her voice too much to try and make her sound definitely like the yeah. original I think yeah. it'd be interesting just to hear what her natural voice just yeah. sounded like because I think they were so worried about getting it right that they probably edited her too much, mm-hmm. um, which isn't her fault. She didn't edit no. her voice. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. I think any any songs that have got a bell in them, it's hard to not go for Paige because she's just her voice is just so unique and beautiful. Yeah. Okay, so the next, as you heard in our fun fact, um, we're going to look at Human again. <laughs> But it's not included in the live action. I was gutted. I think this is when I found out, Rosie, you know. I think we came out of watching it and I was... Didn't we go and see it with Disney Society? Yeah, I think we must have done. Yeah. And I remember coming out and being like, oh, there was no, like, human again. And everyone was like, what? Because <laughs> um, I was gutted it wasn't in the live action. So it's this yeah. one compare. It's only in the original. Um, it is in the Broadway and, like, the musical version, which yeah. Rosie and I and Daniela are hopefully going to see. Yes. Fingers crossed it's September. Yes, you know, so hopefully I get to see it on live on stage anyway. Yes. So it's fine. Um, so are you a fan of this added extra? Yes, I love it. I love any songs that have the what do you even call them? Like household items. Household items. Yeah, because I say utensils, but they're not the all utensils. utensils. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's really demeaning. Let's say household items. That's much better than what I was gonna say. I love any of the songs that has them yeah. in it. I love any of the songs that have lots of different voices as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love, is it Garderobe? Is that her name? Yeah. Is she called that in the first one, though? Or is no, it just a live just action? Wardrobe in the first one. Yeah. So I love that we get a bit more of her character in Human Again. Um, she kind of steals the show and, you know, she literally jumps off the so funny. <laughs> into the pool. I mean, 
that's iconic <laughs> I know that's not in the song no. but when you're watching it wow um I love it like I, I think it's such a nice song to listen to and I would listen to it like I'd never skip it no. I think it's so uplifting and so spirited and they're all so excited for the time that they'll be human again and it's yeah it just gives an idea of what what the whole like castle atmosphere used to be like like mm-hmm. before they were all turned yeah. into household items that like you could tell that they like really enjoyed it and how it was and everything yeah um so yeah I, I love it what do you think I mean I love it, love it. <laughs> yeah <laughs> given that I thought it was part of the original film yeah <laughs> Um, I think it's one of those films that like so one of the songs in the film like you say that I, I love when it shows us like into the world and yeah. I think you see their desperation the whole of this film to be human again mm-hmm. and I think it's nice that we get a song from these people away from Belle away from the beat yeah, where it's it's them and it's their community and you really see that desperation and the excitement and that makes when you, you know like whenever certain things go wrong mm. that song makes it even sadder because you yeah. actually see how it, it's like in the um enchanted christmas one where they kind of sing about christmas and then christmas oh. gets pulled down when you have a big song that is all about like an exciting thing and then it gets like it gets ruined straight after yeah. it's so much more powerful because you've been in that moment mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I just I love it. I love the animation in that one. I think it's so clever. Yeah. Um, and so it's Jerry Orbach who is Lumiere in the first one. Uh, and I just think he has. Do you know he was he was Baby's dad in uh, Dirty Dancing? No. Yeah, I've just googled that's, it. That's weird. I don't know how I feel about this. That's so strange. That's not. I would never put that together. Well, no. Interesting. Really? Interesting. He was really big on Broadway. Well. No, who who would have said nobody puts baby in the corner, but you put me on Broadway. <laughs> so, but but I feel like he has for someone who's not actually on screen because it's animation, he has mm. such like presence. Definitely, yeah. So the fact again that he's at the heart of another song, I love, and the fact that we get to see Cogsworth a bit more. I know Michelle again, and I we see him. obviously like um, Plumet as well a yes. bit more. Um, Again, I love these songs where we get like the more minor characters get room to shine. Yeah, um, yeah, I love it. I think it's such a good song. I'm really, really gutted it wasn't in the live action. Yeah, I think it would have been really hard to animate it because I'll be honest, the household item section oh, was my favourite part of the live action. The part still stresses me out a little bit. Um, yeah, but so I think it would be really hard to animate it. But I was really gutted because I just loved that song. I just thought it was so good. Um, the the reason Mrs. Potts is stressful is because her eyes aren't on the front of the teapot they're yeah. on the side and I can't cope with that it actually you're right like it is a bit stressful it's really stressful it's so like maybe the whole life on the side like I can't, I can't cope I actually can't but that's that's a conversation for another day <laughs> so maybe it's the, for the best we didn't get this because no. it could have been a disaster but yeah, so I, I do, I love that song. Um, it's one that I will always play. It's the one that I include in all my Disney quizzes. I, yeah. I, I just love it. Um, so yeah, I'm glad I'm glad they added it back in. Because I, I, I love a choral song. I think choral songs are just so powerful. Yeah. And yeah. when you're sat listening to a soundtrack, you very rarely want to sit and listen to like a one-person whiny song. Oh, which, no. Unless you're in the mood for, you know, yeah. like self-torture or whatever. <laughs> but this is one where you can like hum along, like, and it'll get in your head. It makes you mood. It makes you feel productive. Um, yeah. It's a really good one to like walk if you're going on a walk. So yeah. I recommend. Um, yes. Yeah. And I, I hope when we go and see it in September, fingers crossed, yes. uh, it will be in it. Because I think on stage that would be amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I actually can't wait to see that. <sighs> yeah. 
Nothing more to say on that one uh, because it's only in the 1991 one. We'll move on to the next one. So the next one is the mob song. So it's time to take some action, boys. It's time to follow me. Through the mist, through the woods, through the darkness and the shadows, it's a nightmare, but it's one exciting ride. Say a prayer that we're there at the drawbridge of a castle, and there's something truly terrible inside. It's a beast. He's got fangs, razor sharp ones, massive paws, killer claws. For the feast, he and Rock see him fall, but we're not coming home till he's dead. Good and dead, So this is one of the film's most dramatic songs, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very dramatic, very threatening. So is this one of the songs you look forward to when you listen to the soundtrack? Gonna make a bold claim: favorite song in the film. Oh, that is bold. I know. That's what I mean about it being like sounding really sadistic and weird because I love this fucking <laughs> Gaston. Um, but I also love Human again, which is like uplifting and positive. Yeah. You have the Bob song is always been, even before the live action, was always one of my favourite, was my favourite in it. I just think, I just think the whole like vibe to it, like, like it's because it's very musical-esque again. I'm yeah, like, it is, Definitely. Fan. It, they're the kind of songs that really like jump out at me um, from like the older films in particular. Yeah. Where they kind of like pulled inspiration from um, like Broadway and stuff. And I just think this song is so, it tells such a story. Um, it's visually as well, it's great as well when like, you watch it. And it's, so it, again, it's one of those songs that like triggers something else in the film. It's yeah. a real turning point in the film. And so when we say it's dramatic, that's why I love about it. I think it's like, you get swept up by the song and when you're watching it, you're getting really stressed because you're like, you yeah. can't kill the beast, you don't understand. <laughs> Gaston's tricking you all. Um, and I, so, I, yeah, I just love it. I love, love, love it. It's one of those ones I love to get myself pumped and like, <laughs> and like when I'm when I'm listening to it, I'm like, kill the beast! <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. So okay. into it. This um, is news. <laughs> I know. Obviously, I don't actually, you know, agree with them, but just the way that it's written. Yeah. It's so... It's just so clever. It takes you along with, with, with them. And it's just, again, you, you, you get more kind of like Gaston's character once again. Yeah. And he's just such a convincing character like when you listen to him and like mm-hmm. the, the passion and everything in him. Don't get me wrong. He's an absolute horrible human being. Um, <laughs> but to listen to his songs is quite fun. So yeah, I'm a massive, massive fan of this song. Um, yeah. A sadistic as that may make me. I just think it's, I just think it's so well written. Um, yeah, that's me. How about you? <laughs> I agree, uh, mostly. <laughs> you're as sadistic as I am. <laughs> I, I love how it builds, like, the climax, like, the tension. Like, yeah. you do get stressed. Like, obviously, when you're watching it, you get stressed. Um, because you're like, oh, no, oh, no, like, this is happening now. Like, the beast is going to be killed. Like, everything is going on. Mm-hmm. And it's the fact, what I love about this song is it shows how gullible people are yeah. and how much power Gaston has over Great these people. It's a dangerous thing. Really, it really is. It shows how actually dangerous he is. I think this is a point where you think, okay, Gaston is actually really, really dangerous yeah. and really threatening. Like, he yeah. actually poses a threat. Because before... That's so true. He, he in, moves from being a joke, doesn't he? Exactly. He was... How dangerous he, he is. Yeah, he had, like, a parody song. 
about himself and we're like oh he's a joke and obviously he messes up with Belle when he tries to impress her and it's yeah. all an absolute joke obviously in the live action I think he's definitely portrayed as a darker character um, because yeah. the scene with him in the woods with LeFou and I've forgotten his name Maurice Maurice thank you that is dark that yeah. is really dark so I think in the live action even more so this song is so kind of gripping because you just you feel scared you feel quite terrified about what's about to happen yeah and I think as well because it's like actual human beings in a live action it's even more yeah. of a threat like you're like all oh, real lives yeah. are at stake here um but I think the thing that I love the most is that it kind of builds up two different sides it's like a battle song that's what I love yeah you've got Gaston and his gullible posse yeah and then you've got the castle who are trying to protect the beast they're trying to protect their home they're trying to fight for what's right um and I think when they kind of connect together yeah it's absolutely incredible like that scene is amazing to watch because you just don't know where to look it's so clever it's so clever and I it's not my favorite song um but I absolutely love it and I can see why it is your favorite song I love chaos what can I say yeah you do but it's so chaotic I think the thing I take the most from it is just how dangerous Gaston actually is and I think that's and that's amazing because they've characterized him yet again through another incredible song. So mm-hmm. yeah, they did a great job with that. They did, definitely. Yeah. Yes. So which one do you prefer? Twenty seventeen one all the way, honestly. Like <laughs> okay. and I, there are quite a few reasons for it. I, I listened to it again before just to check I was right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that actually what I think? But yeah, it is. So I think it, it's weird. In the Gaston songs, they don't seem to have the same problem of the pacing hmm. that they have with like other ones. So mm-hmm. for me, the 1991 one is so slow paced because they have the beast in the middle going, just let them come, like whatever. And they have the whole <laughs> conversation with the servants yeah. as well, which slows the the whole point of that song is like to build momentum. So having mm-hmm. that like conversation in the middle just kind of like it halts it again it removes you from the situation yeah so i love that i love that the luke evans just sounds so much more angry in this yeah, one. like definitely he's, like he's, he's fuming um, and i also love that you get like a lot more like aggression in the second one yeah you listen to the, the first one it's like a section with some women that i haven't really ever heard before and it's all nice and dainty <laughs> and i'm like this is a mob <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love like in the in the second one you get like women take their like yeah I love that and they're That's like so like the woman who's like um sent to sacrifice our children yeah <laughs> when she like yeah, we have like um oh it's when she, it's, it's, it's like when she's like they'll wreak havoc on our village and then she's like free <laughs> oh yeah I love that so, so good. good so I love that we have like more like women involved in that song as well yeah and I just think, again, it's more convincing because probably because, again, it's live action. So they're yeah. in person, they're in the moment. And it's rather than being removed in a sound booth and just singing the chorus song. Yeah. They're just, like living yeah. in like, oh. Um, yeah. Even though it's probably like recorded offset anyway, you yeah. you get that sense because you, 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 you've been in a situation in person. Yeah. I also love the addition in the second one of LeFou's line. Oh, I was going to say about this. There's a beast running wild, there's no question. And I think that is really good because it does, it gives you a sense that LeFou didn't sign up for this. Yeah. LeFou isn't an evil person. LeFou isn't nasty. Yeah. 
Plus, Fumi is just maybe like friends with the wrong person. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and so I really like that in, in the sense that he has a moral compass and that we add mm-hmm. that because in the first film, Lafu doesn't really have a character, let's be honest. No, he doesn't. No. Whereas they really add to that in the second one. Um, and I think that, yet again, without telling us, it infers that, like, you know, A, don't go along with group intelligence just because you think you should do. Yeah. And B, it again shows us that Gaston's wrong without yeah. Yeah. Kind of spelling it out. Yeah, like you're yeah. right. Because, like, in the beginning, we think LeFou's his number one fan. So for him to then say, actually, we've gone too far now, mm-hmm. that's telling the audience, no, like, yeah. Gaston is a monster now. I just think, like, the 1991 version has too many interruptions. You've got the whole, like, Belle and Maurice bit in the, like, stuck in the back of the, the van and stuff as well. And it's just, I feel like, it's still good. Mm-hmm. I just think Luke Evans is so powerful. A bit like what I was saying about like um, Lumiere in the first one. He has so much yeah. stage presence that I think he has it vocally as well. So mm-hmm. when you listen to a song with him in, the fact that it grows. And I'm also like a massive fan of like, um, like I love Billy Elliot the musical because that's like a lot of like male vocals. Yeah. I love male vocals, particularly when they kind of like, kind of really push their vocal range. I think it just sounds so good. And mm-hmm. I love male choral songs as well, which this kind of is as well. Obviously, yeah. you've got women in it as well, but it's predominantly like men that you can hear. Um, so I just, I just lo- I love, 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 love that sound. Um, so definitely 2017, putting a little mark. It's 2017. There we go. Um, so yeah, all about that one for me. Um, yeah, I just, I love it. I, I, I have, that's the one I will like play on repeat. I'll have it like... Yeah. I have to keep going back. And that's the one when I go to the soundtrack, I always go to that song first. Yeah. Uh, I don't do the same. I don't go to that one first. <laughs> I love it when it comes on. I'm like, oh, yes. Like, you get, like, really, like, riled up as if you're about to, like, go in a battle or something. Like, I love that. And LeFou's additional line. Oh, I remember hearing that the first time. Chilling, isn't it? Like, oh, It is. It's really chilling because it's obviously when you watch it, you see his facial expression as well, which is, again, very chilling. But like it was, it was insane because in the first one, in the original, he doesn't really have a brain or a mind. No. He's not portrayed. He's, he is a joke. He's just a joke. Yeah. Um. We don't really get to see his personality, his thoughts, really anything. He he just goes along with Gaston, and he is essentially a villain in that one as well because he yeah. never stops Gaston from doing anything. He gets in really that excited one. about like beating people up. As yeah. Well. He's a bit. Yeah. He's a bit off the rails in the yeah. in the original, but. In the live action, we really get to see a bit more of LeFou's personality. Yeah. And this one line where he says, there's a beast running wild, there's no question, but I fear the wrong monster's released, yeah. is amazing. Just through that one line, we then know, I don't agree with Gaston anymore. Gaston's yeah. gone too far. I didn't sign up for this. We should back out. We need to stop. What is he playing at? And then obviously shortly after, during this song, he has um one of the I think it's like a wardrobe or something's like dropped on him. Yeah. And he's like, Gaston, help me. And Gaston's like, sorry, LeFou. And he like walks off all the time. He literally flips over him, doesn't he? And then yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And LeFou LeFou has absolutely had it then. That is that is the point where he's like, No. That's when he like starts him. fighting on the other side, isn't he? And he's like, oh, well then I see where I Yeah, see. and he exactly and he starts fighting on the side of the castle and yeah, so I think it's amazing how that song has given so much personality to LeFou. Mm. When it says one line. So I would have to go with the live action one as well. Purely for that one line, honestly. I mean, I think, again, Luke Evans is just amazing. So for that reason, all of his songs are just so good. Um, There's just more um, character behind the words. And I think that makes a difference. Like, yes, you can enjoy the song from the first one, like I do. Mm -hmm. 
but it's just more, there's, there's more passion and character behind yeah. his, his version of Gaston. Um, yeah. Again, because I think, you know, they, they, again, like in the first film, Gaston is a little bit more two-dimensional. It is very like, you know, it, it's he's written in as a villain. Whereas in the second one, you do get more like of an insight into him. Like you said, he's written mm. darker as well. So yeah. you, I think Luke mm-hmm. Evans had more to work with. Um, yeah. And that shows because it's just, it's such a powerful song. Which like, is why, the theater, like. yeah, <laughs> which is why I am so excited for the series. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. That is gonna be amazing. Like I think ben they have songs. <sighs> yes, yes, because there's new songs. Because <gasps> did yeah, you sure. see Josh Gad um sing at the Disney sing along? They yeah. Alan Lincoln played the piano and they yeah. sang. I was just sat like in love. I. Oh. They're just such an iconic duo. And when I think of Gaston and LeFou, I only think of them now. Like, I don't really think of the animated no. ones. And I think they... they are clearly really good friends as well. Yeah. And you can tell that on screen, which always helps. So, yeah. yeah. I love it. So, yeah. In conclusion, we love that. We're very in sync, aren't we? <laughs> we actually We're are. We're more in sync than I expected we would be. Maybe that will change for the next one. I don't know. We'll see. Interesting. I don't know. Well, so the final one on our list is, um, of course, the classic song that shares its name with the film, Beauty and the Beast. Taylor's old as time True as it can be Barely even friends Then somebody bends Unexpectedly Just a little change Small to say the least Both a little scared Neither one prepared Beauty and the Beast Ever just the same Ever a surprise Angela Lansbury. I can only remember her final. I was like, I can't just say Lansbury. Angela Lansbury. And then the second film is performed by Emma Thompson. Interesting fact about these two, they're actually friends. uh, And Angela Lansbury is really against the remake being made. Interesting. How interesting that then Emma Thompson went and took that role. Interesting. I wonder if they're still friends. I think they are. But I wonder, like, what the the final wall on that conversation would be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is obviously the song that takes place with the iconic ballroom scene with the yellow dress. Um, again, it's one of those classic for Disney songs that everybody knows. Um, yeah. And if you don't watch Disney, you know? Um, so, Rosie, what, how do you feel about this classic song? So this is actually my favourite song. <laughs> in the original, not in the live action. So that right. probably gives you my thoughts. Um, I'm about to to say shortly Um, in the original this song just makes me feel so happy and so good and it's just so magical I love it, I love the pace, I love the lyrics and I love Angela Lansbury Um, I love her voice and when I thought about the remake 
I was worried about how this was going to go. I was hoping they were going to bring her back. Because yeah, me too. Me she too. Was such an iconic voice. Yeah. So I was like, I don't know how you can improve upon that, yeah. to be honest. Um, so I was a bit scared. But yeah, so I love the song. I absolutely love the song. I listen to it all the time. And I can't wait to see it at the show when we go. Because it's just so beautiful. You can't listen to it without thinking about them dancing in their beautiful outfits. Belle's beautiful yellow ball gown. It's just, it's so romantic. I know. And yeah, I love it. I love it. What do you think of it? <laughs> I'm the same. Again, I mean, I think I suffer a little bit from like mainstream Disney songitis. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Because I'm like, as, as you all know, Rosie, I'm a massive fan of like the more like underrated Disney soundtracks, mm-hmm. like Tarzan. Uh, I'm going to say Big Brother, but it's not a Disney film. Brother Bear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even pick up that you said it wrong, though. That's really funny. <laughs> like before they shared Princess and the Frog was like a little bit more like yeah. under the radar. It's, it's exploded now, which is great. Um, so I've always kind of preferred the songs that are, but like with this with Human again and the mob song, mm-hmm. I prefer the songs that don't tend to be the most mainstream ones. So it's never been my favourite song. Doesn't mean I don't enjoy it. Um, I think it's, you say it's beautiful and that image of like them in the ballroom, and it makes a song and the fact that mm. like you've got Mrs. Potts just kind of there like watching oh. and it's such a private moment like when we directed this well, I say we, we directed I, I, I wasn't there <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I directed this um, for like our showcase it was one of my favourite scenes because we had like the obviously beating the beast like dancing and then we had like Mrs. Potts up on the like the, the stage with the band and um. it was just so nice that idea that like she's telling a story and I, I yeah. think such a private moment and you don't tend to get a lot of these yeah it's very rare that you kind of have someone singing while someone else is dancing you tend mm-hmm. to be delayed so I think that was really really nice um I, I, I can't see how you can't like this song because no. it's so iconic um and it is that beautiful moment of just like accepting and it's so real in the words you know when she's like you know both a little scared yeah it's such a deep song as well and it's very real it is so I do love it. I also love in because obviously in the second film we get this again at the end. Um, yeah, so we, we get do. it again where um, Madame de Garde-robe, yes, the wardrobe, um, like because she's the singer, she's the opposite mm-hmm. of the castle in that one. She starts and then Emma Thompson finishes it. I love that. I think that's such a mm-hmm. it's a much more beautiful end to the film. I think definitely it's a much more private like close one. Um, so yeah, I do. I do love the song. Again, it's some, it is sometimes one that I will sometimes skip. Yeah. It's quite, like, melodic. It is quite, like, like low and stuff like this. So it's it depends on my mood. It is one that I will skip quite often. Not because I don't like it, but I feel like you have to be in the right mood for that song. And I yeah. feel like it's a, an example of a song that works especially well on screen. Yeah. Not necessarily one that you want to kind of sit and listen to because it's quite slow. It's not like a catchy song like, you know, like Gaston and Belle and the Mob song. They are, and they're all quite fast paced as well. With this, it's like very slow, so it's it's nice, like yeah. it's calming and relaxing. But like, if you're looking to like, you know, sing along to some songs, like when I put my like my playlist on, like maybe when I'm working and I'm like cooking dinner, I look for more like upbeat ones. Yeah. Whereas yeah. if I'm just like sat chilling, like in my room, and I've got like I can have like a variety. If I had it on, then that would be fine. Um, yeah. So it is one that I will skip depending on the situation. Not because I don't like the song, but I feel I am that kind of person who, if it's been played like on repeat, because like when you go into like, the Disney store, these are the songs oh yeah, on. yeah. So I just have song Disney songs that I prefer. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm more of like an underrated Disney song person. <laughs> um, yeah. 
So things like this, things like Be Our Guest, things like Under the Sea. I enjoy them. Um, oh, yeah. I enjoy Under the Sea and Be Our Guest more because it's more, like, um, high energy. Yeah. But I still love it. And, like, I, I think I think it's one that I enjoy far more on the screen than I do just listening to it. Because yeah. I just think that, that dance scene is just so beautiful. So in both In both films, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. So, which one do you prefer? So, I love them both. So, I don't mean to say that I didn't like the live action one. <laughs> um, I think Emma Thompson did do a really good job with it. I just, I was a bit underwhelmed um, by the live action version, to be honest. I just don't think it hit the same with me because I find that song very comforting. And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that it's Angela Lansbury's voice. Yeah. I think she's got that kind of tone. Emma Thompson, especially because she took a kind of Cockney take mm. on Mrs. Potts, it wasn't the same vibes for me. And I don't know, they were always going to have a hard time trying to yeah. recreate it and trying to make it their own. But it was, I felt that this was a carbon copy. I, mm. I really did. I really felt like it was just the same exact song with a slightly different voice. Unfortunately, I prefer the original voice. Mm. So it just didn't work as well for me. I, I would skip this version. Oh, I would I would definitely play the original over this yeah, one. Yeah. Um mine away there, but yeah, I would <laughs> Yeah, I think it just is not it's not as interesting or as engaging. Like when I when I watch the film, the live action, I'm not unfortunately I'm not as in, like mesmerized by that section of the film as I am in the original either. It's too um, short, that's why. Yeah. They yeah. they cut the dance right down, which is such a shame. It is, because Emma looks incredible I love that dress oh. I know beautiful and that again like obviously I'm not just basing it on looks but that is that is a perfect bell live action mm-hmm. bell right there um but yeah like nothing against Emma Thompson it's just the original is better for me yeah I agree and I think and I think it comes from the fact that obviously Emma Thompson didn't want to be a carbon copy yeah Rhonda Lansbury. So her Mrs. Potts is like slightly more sarcastic. Yeah, a bit more, more sassy. And um, whereas like Angela Lansbury is kind of that more motherly, subtle yeah, version definitely. with a bit less hysteria, a bit more mm. like subdued. And I think that works. I'm I'm personally am not a fan of accents in songs unless no. it's like it feels more natural. Mm-hmm. Like when I directed um, Jekyll and Hyde musical, that they're all supposed to be from London. They're all supposed to be like, you know, Cockney accents. And when mm. I did it, I was like, no, just singing normal voices because I just think it ruins a song sometimes because yeah. people focus on the accent rather than the Too actual much. song. Yeah. Yes, so no I, I'm a big believer in just scrapping accents for things. <laughs> obviously, like, sometimes it's necessary. Like, obviously, yeah, yeah it's, it's necessary that he's French. But I, I just feel like Emma Thompson could have used her normal voice, I think. Yeah. Because remember when I auditioned for Thatcher, I had a few people come in and do the Courtney accent, and I was like, come back in and do it without it, because I want to mm. hear your voice. I, I don't want to hear every other Courtney version that I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, so I was a li- I, I love Emma Thompson so much, and I really I, I enjoyed her version because it was different. It yeah. wasn't carbon copy. didn't try and copy um, it, yeah. But I think from a singing perspective, it doesn't kind of lend itself as well. Um, no. And I just think... The first one is just like much more like mellow and um, mm-hmm. flows a bit nicer because there's no accent. Um, yeah, I really, really like the first one in comparison to that. Because I love Emma Thompson. I absolutely adore her as an actress. I always feel really bad. Um, but yes, I, I agree. Um, it's another mark for 1991 <laughs> on that one. Um, 
And again, I think it just, it's also down to auto-tune as well because you can hear the editing a bit more in, in that one. Um, yeah, again, yeah, I think you're right. It's the actor's fault. It's the, it's the studio decision, and I, but I just think it's a shame when they try and auto-tune stuff because it, you it, can hear it in a soundtrack. In a film, you can overlook it a bit more. When yeah, but when you're listening, it's less authentic, it's less natural, and therefore less convincing, in my opinion. So, And you're right. I think because the first one is like so iconic on the screen with like those beautiful yellows on the floor in her dress and like all the drapes are amazing. Yeah. But it, I was so gutted in the live action when they cut that short, that I dance know. sequence, and they just went and stood outside. I was I like, know. what are you doing? No. But what I will say is that I, the, I prefer that song at the end of the live action. Mm. But like when it, although I think it's a bit weird that they're singing about beating the beast when beating the beast in the room that's yeah what oh as in like when um garderobe got I can't even say yeah when yeah under yeah, garderobe yeah yeah things and then Emma Thompson takes over to spring Famine turns to feast Nature points the way Nothing left to say Beauty and the beast Yeah, that's nicer. It's that a is. lot calmer. It's a lot subtler, a lot quieter. And that's I- a better version. Yeah, so I actually prefer that version, like to her main one. Yeah, um, and I think that was a better way to end the film. It's a better use of I the agree. film, I think. Um, yeah, than the way it's maybe used at the end of the other one. I can't even remember mm-hmm. if it's at the end of the other one. I can't remember. Um, so I love that. I think that's really nice. It's it's subtle. It's calm, and it it's the core message of the film. Yeah. Um, because she kind of takes on like a narrator perspective at that point, which is really nice. So definitely nineteen ninety one overall. But I I loved how it was used at the end of the twenty seventeen one. <laughs> Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Okay, so that moves us on to Disney fun fact number three. So many people remember that the title song from Beauty and the Beast took home the best original song, Oscar, in 1992. And it was just one of three songs nominated from the movie. But Belle, the opening song, and Be Our Guest were also up for an Oscar. Deservedly so, I yeah. think. Definitely. I think they were all in the same category. Yeah, yeah. So I think pretty good chance of one of I was, them. When we were reading reading up on this. It was like imagine being the other person, the other people, and like uh, if the songs in the category. You'd be like, well, never mind then. You'd be like, yeah, what's the point? I'm just here for like cash series. Yeah, like I'm just here to fill up the category. Yeah, that just shows how good these musicians are. It's actually oh, such a credit to Howard and Alan. I know. Like just. Imagine so being that talented. Imagine like being able to write like one song of that quality, let alone like all of the ones that they've done, the various <laughs> films. They're insane. I agree. So that, then moving into segment three, and moving to the new songs that were in mm. the live action. So with the release of the live action came a selection of brand new songs, and um, some at the expense of old songs, uh, and some just completely brand new that were just kind of slotted in because why not? Because the film was longer. Yeah. Um, so these include Aria, 
uh, Days in the Sun, How Does the Moment Last Forever, and Evermore as well. So they're like the four like ones that are kind of included in the film and the story that are added in as well. Yeah, and then on top of that, we've also got Ariana Grande and John Legend's rendition of Beauty and the Beast and Celine Dion's rendition of How Does the Moment Last Forever. Oh. Oh. So did you enjoy those? I enjoyed Celine. Oh, that... Amazing. Oh, her voice is just... And I love that they brought her back to do it. I Me love too. That. They had to. They absolutely had to. It was, it was the same with like Christina Aguilera with Mulan as well. Yeah. I love that they kind of honoured those like ties. Yeah. I enjoyed the Ariana Grande John Legends rendition. Would I ever listen to it? I listened to it before just to like remind myself what it sounded like. I'm not. I'm not a fan of people who try and like over dramatize Disney. Yeah. Stuff. Unless it's like the um, Disney oh, Disney Mania, those CDs are banging because that's like quite <laughs> intentionally cheesy. Yeah, like all Ariana's rifts and stuff. Like it's it's pretty. It's a nice version. But it's not necessary, and it's for show. I feel. Yeah, it's, just... it's yeah. Mm. It's a showboat song, isn't it? It's a bit more. Yeah. I mean, it's not. I, I, to be fair, I love John Legend's voice and the fact that he plays the stuff. I think it, it's lovely. I, but I, would I ever kind of put it on? No. Mm-mm. No, I wouldn't. No. But Celine. Yes, oh, Celine. What a voice. Especially because we don't get the full version of How Does a Moment Last Forever in mm-hmm. the film. We get like it as a, an instrumental motif and we get like a snippet from like from Belle at times. We don't get the full version. So it's yeah. so nice to hear her. And her voice is just so unique. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's insane. Like she sounds incredible in every song. And yeah. I'm guessing you're like the same on the same way as Lenny Forget. Yeah, I felt like Ariana Grande and John Legends was a bit flat. I wasn't really particularly excited by it at all. Like it like the music video is quite nice. It is, they're, yeah. they're very uh, dressed up. Ariana's dress is amazing. But it's a bit rifty for me. It's a it's bit too like, rift yeah, yeah, it's too many rifts and I love the original one that's at the end of the soundtrack for the original with Peebo Bryson and Celine Dion. I love that version. I've before, but I don't think I've listened to that one, actually. It's You should listen to it. I shall listen. It's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. So when you've got that, and then you hear that, and you're like, it it feels like a carbon copy just with loads of riffs, but that's not to say that they've not got, like, really nice voices. Yeah, like, it sounds nice, but it's... If we sit here and say, like, would we ever go and listen to it on purpose? No. No. But Celine Dion's, on the other hand, oh my god, I can't get enough of that song. I listen to it loads. I love it. Absolutely love it. Because I do love How Does a Moment Last Forever. Yeah. Because we get to hear the full one in the end. And choosing her to do it was, yeah. The way it's written, that song, is beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the way that it's, um, the lyrics, the meaning behind it, the whole thing is just gorgeous. Um, Yeah. Yeah. yeah chills it actually gives me chills when i listen to it like i get really emotional like when i listen to it and i think that is her voice but yeah. also the lyrics i just and i love that they've created like lots of most of the extra songs are like m- more mature for that yeah. audience who like us who saw the the younger version and are now here look like looking at the 2017 version We've mm. matured, so they've like matured. Obviously, they've kept some of the original songs, obviously. Yes. <laughs> um, for like younger audiences, but it, it felt like these were added in as like more mature nods. Yeah. And, like deeper meanings of songs. So rather yeah. than just having like pots and pans singing and delivering food, <laughs> we, we then yeah. had the more deep and meaningful version as well, which I think was really like a really nice balance. Yeah. Because um, that, that song is so deep. It is, and it, it's it's just so beautiful. I love it. I agree. I agree. Um. 
So that then brings us to the first song, first new songs, which is called Aria. Oh, how divine, glamour, music and magic combine. See the maidens so anxious to shine. Look for a sign that enhances chances. She'll be his special one. What a display, what a breathtaking thrilling array. Every prince, every dog has his day. Let us sing with passion, ghost or fit to fast. Like it's not a very interesting name because it's just the name of like um like an opera like style song. I think mm. it was like an aria in an opera. So it's it's not like um a specific title. It's just like it's a style of song basically. Yeah. Um, you'll hear it at the beginning of the film. So Madame de Garderobe, who is like the, the opera singer, she sings this at the beginning of the film. Um to kind of when they have the ball scene which isn't included um as it's included in this in the second one more than it is in the first one. Yeah. yeah. Um so it's the first new song we hear. So was it a welcome addition for you, Rosie? I don't know how I feel about this one because I love... Is it Audra McDonald? Is that yeah. her name? Her voice is absolutely incredible. Yeah. And I think it added a, a new element to it. Um, I think, again, like it made it a bit more mature, actually, starting mm-hmm. with this as opposed to Belle, like we, we start with yeah. in the original. I think it kind of introduces that... It kind of signals to us, actually, like, actually, this isn't the film you know. There are yeah, differences. That's true which I like and it's a different style of singing um we don't we don't see the style of singing really in the no. original I know Plumet and um the wardrobe have similar it's not quite though, is it's not, it doesn't hit quite the same as this do I listen to it when I listen to the soundtrack no um but I enjoy it it's mm-hmm. it's enjoyable and I think I don't know I wouldn't have minded if it wasn't there but I do like the fact that we get that at the beginning we're shown the ball scene so yeah I'm kind of take it or leave it sort of thing i'm not like i'm not 100 percent bothered about mm. it but i appreciate it what about you i think i'm exactly the same i think oh. it's I, I love that like it's in there i love you know I, I love appreciation of opera i think opera is really underrated i wish opera was kind of included in more things because it's such it's such a difficult musical um yeah. medium to get right it's such like it is like a sport in the way they have to like mm-hmm. maintain their bodies and it's it's beautiful problem I had is that it's kind of in con- um, direct contrast to the rest of the, the songs. It doesn't really. Yeah, flow. it doesn't um, flow with the rest. No, and it's and we don't really get any more of this type of songs throughout. Obviously, we get like a little bit with Beat and the Beast at the end, which yeah. I think is really nice to hear that. Yeah. Um, I think it works better on the screen. It does in a soundtrack. Um, mm-hmm. When it gets like a little bit chaotic and the people are like swinging and then like when the, the doors fling open, yeah. that's the dramatic moment because of the music. So like, yeah. I think visually it works. Definitely. Um, I, I think it introduces us to this like um like hierarchical, like high end of society, like entertainment, mm-hmm. and it really sets the scene. But it is one that I always forget is at the beginning and I always skip it. <laughs> yeah. Um, because Same. it is it, it's quite in contrast to the rest of the of the soundtrack. Um, so I agree. I think it's nice that it's in it. I think it's nice that you have like you know a bit more of a nod. And her voice is insane. It's incredible, amazing. However, I I could have done without it. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm like kind of like a oh, it needs to be gone from the film. No. But if it wasn't there, I wouldn't have like. If I watched the film now without it, yeah, I wouldn't miss it. No, no, I completely agree. Because I don't think it really. 
it's not one that you kind of sit and sing along with as much. Like you no, you can't really. I sound dreadful when I do it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I think sadly, like, and it's a shame because her voice is so gorgeous. And I think mm. if we maybe had it like through a little bit more, like yeah. if, if you listen to episode three, when we talk about um, Lady in the Tramp, I said a similar thing about the fact that like when the consistency of songs. Oh, yeah. And the fact that like it didn't seem to like fit at times, it felt a bit disjointed for me. Um, mm-hmm. This felt quite similar. It was like they kind of like put it in, but there wasn't really any more of that. Um, it wasn't. It just didn't have that much of a meaning to it. No, and lot. I think the Beast and the Beast songs all have meaning. They especially the songs that they add in are so deep. Yeah. Then we get this one, and it's like again, it feels like a show-off song rather than yeah, yeah. Plot-driven songs, so yeah. yeah, same as you. I could take it or leave it. Like it was a nice addition, I guess, because it's like a nice bit of opera, which I'm always a fan of. But it doesn't really add anything to the film, apart from I. But I do like when it gets really chaotic. Yeah, I, I, I love that bit when they're all dancing and, and the doors open. That's so clever, and I yeah. love that it happens in the middle of the party as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's so cool. But from a soundtrack point of view, it just doesn't fit. It feels really no. separate. I forget about it actually so that that itself says a lot moving on to the second new song so days in the sun days in the sun when my life has barely begun not until my whole life is done will i Just refrain. Will you now forever remain out of reach of my arms? All those days in the sun were I give to relive just one. Undo what's done and bring back the So this song was sung by the household objects as they hope for a new life. So was this a welcome addition for you? What did you think? Because I feel like this is kind of what replaced Human again in a, in a kind of way. Mm. That's a think? really good point, actually. Yeah, I think it replaces what Days in the Sun did. I mean, it replaced what Human again <laughs> yeah, did yeah. purpose, but just much more mellow and much more yeah. subdued and much more reflective. Yeah. I I love this song. Again, I think it's so beautiful. It's so mature in the way that it's written. And I love that it's kind of like a subdued, reflective song in that they've kind of like accepted their fate, kind of. But yeah. it's about the idea that, you know, even if, when you're in like the worst situations, it's always important to have hope. And that's a really nice message. Yeah. I love that Belle learns from them, that she kind of sits and listens and is like, do you know what? Like, it's the first time she's, she's kind of met people outside her village. Mm-hmm. And probably the first time she's met people who are, like, suffering and, you know, have had, like, a traumatic experience. Yeah, very true. When she sits there and she's like, you know, I feel older, but I realise I actually don't know as much as I do, as, as I thought. Yeah. And I love that. I love that kind of sense of, like, self-reflection. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, it's, it's a weirdly sad song as well. Definitely. But it's just so beautiful and it is one that I... Um, I love popping on, and again, a bit like what we said we liked about the earlier ones. It's got a bit of everybody in there, um, yeah. And I, you, you hear like what it means to everyone as well, yeah. You get an individual yeah. sense of what everyone is looking forward to, rather than just one big group. 
Um, so yeah, I love this song. I was, I would definitely have put this in again and again and again because I think it again brings emotion. Yeah. To those characters, to the household objects, um, which I think we needed a little bit more of because sadly, for me, the the actual household objects in the second film weren't as like human. Yeah. <laughs> The, they the, were a bit off-putting. They not were as lifelike. Bit, no, you couldn't really identify with them as much. Yeah. Um, so I think they, they needed that extra song just to kind of like add a bit more humanity to them. Um, so yeah, I love it. It's, it's one of my like new... Well, I, I say one of my favourite new additions, most, because there's only four. Most of them are my favourites, um, but I, I, I love it. Um, yeah. And like I say, I, I love that it... it's he, The message behind it is so nice. It's been the hopefulness and the idea that like listening to other people... Mm-hmm reflecting on your own situation in relation to other people is sometimes really useful um not to say that if you're like suffering you know and someone else has always got it worse I'm not saying that but no no but with the people so much um, yeah so yeah how about you i will forever be in love with this song <laughs> i think i think i cried the first time i heard this yeah. well watched it and every time i listen to this song i get emotional i think it's just so beautiful. I actually think this is when everyone sounds their best as well. Yeah. So I, this is where Emma sounds amazing. In her little section, I can't, I actually can't fault it. The new um, songs suit her voice much better. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think everyone's voices blend really well together yeah. as well. Because you've got Emma and you've got Aud- Audra. Aud- yeah. yeah. I can never say that name. They're, they're obviously doing, um, when they're singing, they're singing at the same time, they're overlapping. So much hope and love endure. I was innocent and certain. Now I'm wiser but unsure. I can't go back into my childhood. That my father It's so beautiful, and I also love that we see more of Beast's past. We see what happened when he was a kid with his mum, and I like that because it gives us a bit more sympathy to towards Beast. It gives him more of a character arc, gives him more personality, which you don't get as much in the original mm-hmm. because you don't have this song. Um, and I just think it's an incredible addition, and it's one of my favourite yeah. of the new ones as well. It's so beautiful. It really is. I also is. love that we get a bit of Stanley Tucci in this one. Yes. We get a little bit of him singing, which is Yeah, lovely. I love that. That I think it's so nice because it showcases everyone, uh, everyone's voices, and it yeah. gives them all a voice in the sense that they all tell their kind of versions, events, and stories, mm-hmm. their feelings, how they're feeling about what's happened to them. I love it. I think it's emotional. Um, and I know I've read a lot of people say that it's too dark, but I don't think it is. I think no. it's needed. You need to be mature with these things because that's how life is. Yeah. Um, there are going to be moments like that. So I think they did a really good job of combating like the issue where sometimes it's kind of too unrealistically uplifting yeah. and you kind of don't believe it. Whereas with this, you kind of see the, the darker times and then you see the good times. So it's I like that. It's more it's more realistic. And not that I don't love human again, because I said that I do, <laughs> but I prefer this song mm. because I just think it's more realistic and 
more true to how life really is. My favourite line is when Belle is like, how in the midst of so much sorrow can, how in the midst of all the sorrow can so much love and hope endure? Yeah. I love that because I think that is that idea about, you know, it's the people that you're with that usually make a situation. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think, I just just love that line, you know, the idea that even, you know, when we're struggling, there's always a sense of hope somewhere. Um, Yeah. And that, like, you know, a support network and whatever can really help with that. So I, I love that line. I just think Me too. I love how she sits and reflects on it mm-hmm. and kind of realizes, but perhaps that you know she's led quite a sheltered life. Yeah, then, definitely. You know, I can't go back into my childhood. Now I've seen the world. Yeah, I think that's so true. Is that so many of us have like you know quite privileged, sheltered lives, and we've all been to that where we then go into the real world and we see things that you know we're not used to. We see yeah, as yeah. And it makes us question things, which is what, because she's sat there moaning about, like, you know, obviously it's, she, she's been taken prisoner. It's not nice. No. But she starts to realise that actually she's not the only one with problems. And yeah. It, it creates, like, a less selfless situation for her. Yeah, definitely. It makes her more mature. Okay. Yeah. Because, again, in the lyrics, because she says that she was innocent and certain, but now she's wiser and unsure. Yeah. So she's that's so true for adulthood. I'm sorry, but like it is. It's legit. That's what it is. When you get older, and then you get older, and you're like, I know nothing. Yeah, you thought you would be at a point where you're like, I'm an adult. Everything's working out fine, but I it know everything. Happen. Like I know yeah. how to do everything. I have all the answers. Yeah. That's, that's so again, happen. that's why I love it because it's so realistic, and that's why it hits so hard. It's beautiful. I agree. I agree. Uh, the next one we're going to look at is how does moment last over. How does a moment last forever? How can a story never die? It is love we must hold on to. Never easy, but we try. Sometimes our happiness is captured. Somehow a time and place stand still. Love lives on inside our hearts and always will. We've already kind of touched on that. Yeah. We'll just skip over it a little bit. Um, obviously, in the actual um, film, it's like more of like a recurring instrumental, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like in the music box, it's kind of the theme for like um, Belle's mum and dad. You hear it yeah. in the music box, then Belle sings a little like reprise. I think it's called um, Montmartre. Yes. Yeah. The actual soundtrack because it's when obviously Belle goes to like her old childhood home and sings, which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's weird because we don't get the full version in the film. Yeah. Get some nice, but um, some nice little snippets. Um, which I think is nice. I think you know, like it's a nice like addition. A little yeah. bit like what they did with Aladdin, where they add, well, Aladdin in the musical, where it's a similar thing, which I'll talk about another time. But they add in like a new song called Pride. Oh yeah. Movie. Yeah. And that becomes a motif throughout it, and it's quite nice because it gives you like, like a different, um, like a different, like you said, like a different vibe, a different feel f- for the same movie that you know and love. Yeah, and like you said before, I love you said that it kind of tells you that this isn't the same film. Yeah, there's different things telling you here that there's new information, and they do that through a really simple musical motif. So, um, is there anything else you wanted to say on how does a moment last forever? Anyway. I, I was going to say it's like this is where it's different to Aria. Aria, you can remove, and it it didn't have any meaning, whereas this has so much meaning yeah. and drives quite a lot of emotion. So, it I love it. I think it's yeah. great. And it connects us a lot more to like her dad as well than that, and to yeah. Belle's home life because you you don't get that a lot in the first one. Obviously, you hear you know like she misses her dad and stuff. Mm-hmm. You see in the second one that she's integral at home that her dad yeah. will struggle without her. Um, 
So yeah, I, I agree. I completely agree. I think if you, you remove this, a lot of what's great about the live action gets removed as well. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, that brings us on to the last of the new additions. So exciting. How exciting. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. Okay, so this is Evermore. I was the one who had it all. I was the master of my fate. I never needed anybody in my life. I learned the truth too late. I'll never shake away the pain. I close my eyes, but she's still there. I let her steal into my melancholy heart. It's more than I can bear. Now I know she'll never leave me, even as she runs away. She will still torment me, calm me, hurt me, move me, come what may. Wasting in my lonely tower, waiting by an open door. I'll fool myself, she'll walk right in and be with me forevermore. So this is a song that was sung by the Beast after Belle leaves to go and nurse her father back to health. A dramatic moment where she flees and Beast is like, oh, I don't have a chance with her anymore. I'm going to Beast forever. Is this... That's his fate, doesn't he? It's... He does. It's tragedy. It's, it's so emotional. That that point is emotional before the song yeah. starts. And then they drop this bombshell of a new song that no one was expecting. No. So, what are your thoughts? I'm dying to know. I cried when I watched this the, this the first time. Yep. Once I hit the end, I was sobbing like a child. I think people were like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but it was just, I think because it comes out of nowhere. We yeah. don't have anything in the first one that indicates we're going to get a song from the Beast. No. In the first one, the Beast kind of goes into like a depressive state where no one can get through to him and we don't hear anything from him. Yeah. But I also couldn't, like, I love Dan Stevens as well. Because I, mm. I knew him not and I'll be. I just love him in general anyway. So the fact that he got a song was great. Yeah. The reasons that I love this song. Number one, <laughs> <laughs> masculine fragility. Yes. Important. And then yeah. number two, like a bit like what we have with Kristoff and Lost in the Woods, um, mm-hmm. vulnerability of men on, on screen, voicing of their emotions on screen, men kind of voicing how they feel about women and kind of how like they rely on women because normally you get women kind of singing about how, oh, my man is gone, what are we yeah. going to do? Yeah. Oh, for goodness sake. Whereas then when we, we get it from the male perspective, that's so different and new. Definitely. So that amazing things from a cultural perspective, because it yet again gives us a, like a great male example that it's okay to feel emotion as a man. You can yeah. be vulnerable as a man. It's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I love that, like the subversing that culture. And that's great. Visually, it's oh. so stunning. It's when he I remember I remember when I started crying, Rosie. I remember. Because <laughs> when he reached like the top of the tower, I don't know where he was walking to. <laughs> top of the tower. And when he's like stood in like the window pane. Oh my I goodness. I can't. I can't even like put my finger exactly on what it is about the song. But I feel like it's because we very rarely get like a male solo 
just about a woman that he's in love with. It's yeah. not the chorus element or it's a duet. Yeah. We very rarely get this. So I think that's why is that it's so unexpected, it's so different, and it's, it's just so unique. And the emotion in that, and it, it's amazing. And he's just so selfless. And it's so sad to listen to because you can hear, like, we've all been there when there's been, like, someone that we've loved and we've had to, like, go for whatever reason, whether it's our choice or their choice. Yeah. And it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. So that song just captures that so well. And for a male song to do that, I just think that's, like... Yeah. That's just unknown. It's, Outstanding. It's, it's amazing. So, yeah, I think this this is the song that stands out for me when I think about the live action. Yeah, same. And this is potentially what makes the live action for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's the Beast, like you said before, with like something there. We don't get a lot from the Beast in the first film. Nope. We do in this one, and it makes such a difference. And that, that way, like then when when he's kind of moping around, it makes more sense as well because yeah. he's had his moment, he's had his outburst and then he's kind of accepted it. Um, yeah. So he let off steam <laughs> by climbing to the top of the tower yeah, for no particular reason. <laughs> and the the other version by Josh Groban is also really good as well. Yes, it so It's just such a beautiful song. I just, when you get like a guy with a really good voice, they can just stand there on a stage and be saying sing this and it's just, it's amazing because yeah. it's one of those songs it is. that just catches you in the feels um, and really summarises the whole that whole part of the film, and it's definitely missing from the first one. I think definitely, the first yeah. One leaves, and we go straight to like the um, like the whole of village, the mob song and stuff. We don't really have a moment to kind of gather what's happened. Yeah, and for him, that acceptance that it's going to be a beast forever is a massive thing. Yeah, oh, and it's just so selfless. I I could talk about that song forever. Uh, <laughs> I can tell, you know, like. What is it? Oh, like you know, which one is just like now? I know she'll never leave me. I can't. Runs away. I, it's just so clever the lyrics, and it's the idea that you're like you know you hold people with you when that they're, Even not, when there. they're not there. Yeah. And the impact that you can have on someone else. Yeah. That you might because she had no idea really how much of an impact she had on him no. and his well-being and stuff like that. No. And I, I love when that happens. Like, we talked about this before with other films. The, you never know an impact that you have on someone. And I, I love that and the idea that, you know, yeah. people that in our lives, you know, five, ten, how many years ago, still have an impact on us now, even though we don't know it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I'm going to stop talking now because I can literally talk forever about this song. Well, you summarised it very well and you summarised a lot of my thoughts very well. <laughs> so, thank you. <laughs> I completely agree with everything you said. And I think going back to the lyrics, when he says, she will still inspire me. She's never out of That for me, that was it. That was it where I was like, wow, he is actually inspired. A male protagonist is inspired by a female protagonist. I was was like, this is amazing. Uh, The lyrics are amazing. And you're right, like, I love that it it shows that, you know, men can have emotions. They're allowed to talk about Mm. their emotions. They should voice their emotions. There's nothing wrong with that. It's healthy to do so. I loved it. Yeah, very important. I loved it. I, it's definitely the best song from the live action. Definitely. Oh God, hands down. Hands it's down. 
honestly like one of my favorite Disney songs as well like I will listen to this over and over and over again I remember after seeing it in the cinema I couldn't stop listening to this song I I was obsessed with this song it's just so beautiful and even though uh, Dan Stevens' voice is edited. It still works. It really yeah. works um, in this song. Um, Can you say actually? Because yeah, compare that to something there and the level of emotion and character that he has. Because his, I mean, his his strength. Anyone has seen Downton Abbey? His strength is like dramatic acting. He's insane. So mm. I think that's where he just fits really nicely in that section. Yeah. He really gets into the character, and you a bit like with the Gaston songs. Yeah. When the character is really pushing through, like his is, it makes such a difference to a song. Definitely. Um, like the and passion. This, even though it's more like a lament song, I could listen to it whenever because it's so powerful. Yeah, the passion that's there. Yeah. He is like I find it an inspiring song, um, which I know is probably not no. I get it. It takes you on a journey, doesn't it? Like it, it does. It does. Because he's just dealing with so many emotions that he's clearly never dealt with before. And um, I think he's also realising just how much she actually meant to him as well. When he says he's he's waiting by an open door. Oh. He's going to wait forever. Oh, and when he's like, I'll fool myself, she'll walk right in. We've all been there. Oh. We've all been there when we've been like, we're waiting for like a text from someone and then it never appears. And it's just like... it's such like a raw type of love it is. you don't normally see on screen, particularly in like children's films. <laughs> yeah, and in the reverse, where it's the the male exactly who's pining after the woman. So it's just they absolutely nail it. An old romantic, because I am a classic old romantic. Yeah, <laughs> I really am. Even though like I, I you know, I, you probably had on other episodes. I'm like down with the patriarchy. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I am a really like old classic romantic. Yeah. And I think the idea that like there's like a soulmate and that for him that's it now like he can never love yeah. anybody else like that's it. It's just it, it's gorgeous and it's 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 a real like gem in this film and I think yeah. they they hit absolute gold with this. I think it makes the film um, makes me want to watch it. Just this one song makes me want to watch it. Mm-hmm. And I actually kind of love to me. There's like parallels to Hunchback with this. Yeah. So in the scene with the tower, the fact that he's a beast, so he's true. not he's not your average guy obviously Quasimodo's not so I feel mm. like there's parallels there together because they're like the other mm. um especially because it's based in France as well and you've got the tower and I think it's just it I think Hunchback has such beautiful music in it so it, it gives me those kind of vibes as well I never thought about that before but you're really right yeah that's true and <laughs> I feel like at the end of that song you know the fact that it's called Evermore and the yeah. way he's going to be waiting there forevermore. Oh. It, it gives you like a real sense as well of like finality of the yeah. fact that that's his life now and that's yeah. it and um, like because I feel like in the first one you, you don't tend to get as much of like a sense of the fact that it's their final chance no whereas in that one they really hammer it home yeah yeah they do <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just lastly as well, the fact that it's he's a beast and he's showing such raw human emotion in both, both obviously on, on screen, but the voice, it yeah, it's so touching, it's so emotional and it's impossible not to get kind of teared up, I think, when you listen to yeah, it. Yeah, you can't not get caught up in that moment. You just... No. Anyway, we'll stop talking about how much we love that song now. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to listen to it on repeat now. I, that's, it's one that I like sing and I'm like singing about Belle. Like, I'm like, oh, in the shower. <laughs> Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. Uh, so that brings us to our final Disney fun fact of the episode. So when Angela Lansbury heard the demo of Beauty and the Beast, 
it was kind of a rock song according to her and so she said i told them this is a sweet message but this really isn't my style are you sure you want me to do this so they told me to sing the song i the way i envisioned it so that that's what i did i created it the way a little english teapot would sing the song i love this because apparently when she went in and sang it they just like wowed she wowed them and they basically used most of her first take Oh wow! Like She's a few such lines. a off, but the yeah, the final version is basically her first version. I tried to find the demo online that sounded a bit rocky, but I couldn't find one. I um, would love to hear that because I just can't really imagine. Deeper, I think. Um, yeah. I don't, yeah, I'm not really sure what that would be. So yeah, oh, I love Angela Lansbury. I think she's a legend. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So that brings us on to our fourth segment. Uh, where we'll decide on our favourite of the two. So mm. now we've reviewed all of the songs from both films, um, and obviously both soundtracks were composed by Alan Menken. Howard Ashman was Menken's partner in crime, but he sadly died in 1991, which is really sad. tragic, because what a gift to the world he was. I know. He actually um, like, gave as well. It's just it's so sad. I know, I know. Oh, it is really sad. Um, so obviously many of his songs and lyrics were in the live action, um, all of the music was composed by Menken and Tim Rice, who is known for working on several Andrew Lloyd Webber shows, also delivered some lyrics for the live action. So you just got so much like musical goodness. I know. <laughs> it's impossible for it to go wrong, basically, isn't it? It is, yeah. So, Rosie, you can go first because Beating the Beast is like one of your favourite Disney films. <laughs> so, which soundtrack is your favourite version? Um, so hard. It's so hard because do you know why? It's so tempting to say the original just straight off the bat but I love the new song so much from the live action it's really really hard um I need an answer the people expect god okay right <laughs> simply just for listenability and which one I would actually go for to listen to I'm gonna go with the live action because that is the one that I will play in the background while I'm working while I'm cooking just because I want to emphasize of the new songs and uh, guest yeah. songs, songs. That's that's it. I skip the rest. I don't play the rest. And the originals are better for all of the other ones. So it's really you know hard. I'm the same because I've locked up my piece of paper. And <laughs> 1991 is winning with yep. four votes. Yeah. 2017 only has two. Problem is 2017 has like three additional banging songs. <sighs> so, so good. I feel like from a quality perspective like if they're on shuffle on like a disney playlist yeah i obviously like prefer listening to the original ones yeah. but if you're going to go onto spotify and, and choose like an album to listen to i mm-hmm. always i think it's mainly because of luke evans yeah to be honest because yeah. i just love those songs so much that i'd, I'd rather listen to those same than listen to like the then compromise elsewhere if that yeah. makes sense um, evermore as well i just think yeah i just I can't it. it's just too good but if, I, if I'm going to listen to something like Abel, I'll usually, if I'm, say if I'm going to search for like the song specifically, yeah, I'll go for the, probably will go for the original more yeah. often. Yeah, same. That's the same for me with Beauty and the Beast, Angela Lantry's version. Yeah, exactly. But if I was going to like just go for like a soundtrack or an album, I'd probably click on the newer one. Because yeah, new it's just more listenable and like, I don't know, you, you, there's more energy to it. Especially yeah, the new songs. True. And yeah, I completely agree. And I think, you know, the big songs are bigger and I think the fact mm-hmm. that you get those like additional more mature songs adds like a bit more variety in it, it makes it a bit longer. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So it's not that I necessarily prefer all the songs from the twenty No, no. Because as we have discovered, I do not. <laughs> Surprisingly <laughs> to me. Um 
but yeah, I, I obviously that's, that's surprised me because I think I assumed you'd go original just mm-hmm. because I know it's one of your favorites. Yeah, because I I would probably pick up the live action to watch as opposed to the original as well. See, that's where I differ. Yeah. I would definitely go for the original. Um, and it's I think it's important as well to acknowledge that even though Beauty and the Beast is my favorite film, like animated film, like I. I love the fact that they did this live action. Like, obviously, yeah. I was scared. I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, they should never have done this. It just doesn't match up, you know? Like, I love it so much. And I think they did an amazing job. And I just, I don't like it when I see all this negativity about Emma Watson. And if you don't like it, don't watch it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it wasn't made just for you, was it? Okay. <laughs> so I think we'll, we'll definitely cover that film, the adaptation, in a different yeah. episode because there's so much to talk about there. So much. But we'll, we'll cut it off now because we've kept you for quite a while. Like, yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you've listened into, um, into Sitting, we completely understand. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Or three. Fair enough. So on that note, then, thank you so much for listening and well done if you've made it to the end. Um, if you've enjoyed this, then please subscribe on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or follow us on Podbean. And if you've been listening for a while, we'd really appreciate you leaving us a review. It really helps us. We're trying so hard to come up when you just type in Disney on the platform. keep checking just in case. We just want to do it. Okay. Um, but but thank you, though, to all of the wonderful listeners who've already done that. It's so nice to hear your kind words. Honestly, it makes yeah. our day. So there's multiple reasons that reviews are great. Um, and of course, if you've got any Disney-loving friends, please make sure to pass us on to them. As we've said, we do that with podcasts. We, we do. love passing them on to people. Um, and if you want to hear us more, maybe you do. If you're crazy, you know. Yeah, especially <laughs> after this one. Well done, you. <laughs> we commend you. If you're uh, you can... of our voices already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can catch us as guests over on the Making the Magic podcast. And Katie is also a guest on the Three Mouseketeers podcast as well. So if you can't get enough of us, there's more there. <laughs> They're like your like extension tasks, like in primary yeah, school. Yeah, that's your you homework. Really want more. <laughs> we can give you more. So don't forget to follow along with our Instagram if you want even more of us beyond our voices uh, for all of our latest magical adventures and throwback images as well. Um, we're currently offering ad slots in our podcast. So if you have a small shop or a small business that you want advertised to our extensive amount of listeners, because we can say that now. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> then please get in touch. We'll tell you how in a second via email or just DM us on Instagram. You can because you can find our um form for that um on the um Instagram bio link. Um so coming up next time, I'm so excited. <laughs> we've, we've been waiting weeks to do this one, but we had to wait till like it's actually finished. So we'll be talking all things one division in the wake of the season finale, which will be happening next week. So we'll oh, be kind of reviewing it. We've me and Rosie have been watching it avidly every week. We're obsessed. But we've said obsessed. we have to we have to wait obviously until it's finished to review Yeah, it. we can't spoil the whole experience. Um, so what we'll say is if you're wanting to listen to our next episode go and catch up on one division yeah yeah <laughs> um, because it will definitely be full of spoilers we, we can't, we can't help you there's no way of not spoiling it <laughs> we can't do it without spoilers and um, so either watch it beforehand or if you haven't watched it wait until you, you you've, yeah wait until you've watched before you listen um, yes 
and probably make more sense. Also, keep an eye on our Instagram over the next week or so because we have some very exciting announcements coming and yeah. things that you can kind of like, you know, how you can get involved with us further. Um, it'll be really, really exciting. Um, so we're planning to release that this week. So keep your eyes peeled. And um, in the meantime, feel free to contact us on our email address, which is a sprinkle Disney podcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. First time in forever. <laughs> <laughs> So from both of us, have a magical rest of your day. Winter turns to spring Famine turns to feast Nature points the way Nothing left to say Beauty Beep.